Yeah, I was gonna think nobody really cares about that though. Because the most boring part of uh, was like, oh, I don't know, I hung out today and uh, went for a walk and uh, whacked it. Yeah. Hello, good day. Stay a while and listen to the Jolly Jelly Ragdoll Games Cast. What's up? We're back. Number three. Um, Van Racted, um, with Josh, a.k.a. Umni, as always. What up? Uh, not much. Reflux uh, Man. How's... Yeah, Reflux Man. That, that, uh, sums up my weekend. I, uh, <laughs> had, to, had to leave work early on Friday and see why I felt like I was having a heart attack, just like last Friday. Although, this has happened a few times and I've been ignoring it, because that's what men do. That's right. They ignore their health issues. And, uh, Stuff it down I was burn. like, I should probably go in this time and, uh. Went in, they think it might just be acid reflux, but I don't know if I believe them. They gave me two different kinds of medication. The one doesn't work. But yeah, it's like a super tight pain in the middle of my chest. And it makes me, I can't take deep breaths or it hurts. And uh, sometimes I get chills and my muscles cramp. Mm. But uh, I don't know. I'm going to take this medication and uh, see what happens. Now, I'm finally back to nor- normal today-ish. Oh, that's How good. was your weekend? Oh, not bad. Uh, does you, does it? Is it worse for you whenever you eat certain things, or like does does certain things make it well, flare up? Supposedly, it's acidic stuff. So I do eat a ton of stuff with hot sauce. I put hot sauce in pretty much everything. I do drink uh, quite a bit of coffee. So basically, yeah. just for two weeks, I had to stop all that stuff, which really sucks. And really, in the long term, I should stop or at least cut down quite a bit. So I, I probably will. Although she told me not to drink any al- even alcohol, like. Not to have it for like two weeks, and uh, that was on Friday. And then the next day on Saturday, I drank a bunch of wine. So, <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, uh, hot sauce. My body, my choice. <laughs> yeah, hot sauce, coffee, and uh, booze. Uh, no, yeah, the no, three things I eat. No way. I, yeah. I take all day, every day. <laughs> I know. Me too. Well, uh, glad to hear uh, you're feeling better this week, though. Hopefully that. Uh, hopefully we can keep that taken care of, and it doesn't. Uh, come back with a vengeance but but my weekend uh, yeah mostly. yeah i didn't do a whole whole lot Honestly, i think i mostly just played kingdom come deliverance most of the weekend and so uh, having uh, issues with that crashing no okay so so pretty early on in the game i uh i became severely over encumbered for the first time i don't know what that would have to do with anything but that's whenever that's whenever it happened the first time so i was playing on the you know ps4 version on playstation 5 got a random crash Everything just, it froze for a second. Everything went black and my console turned off. And uh, so nothing came up like that the app crashed or it didn't give me any warnings or like error messages, I, I mean, oh. or anything like that. It just it just shut down. Yeah, that's the really bad crash. Yeah, so I haven't had uh, any issues at all with anything like this on my PlayStation 5. I think, I mean, I might have, I'm sure I've had an app close. At, at some point or another, I, I believe maybe Ghost of Tsushima maybe have done, had done that for me. But this is the only time so far with this console that I've had something just completely crash like this. So so then the console rebooted. It did the hard drive thing. First time I've seen that with the PlayStation 5. I was like, oh, that's not good. I went back into the game. Like 10 minutes later, it happened again. It's like, all right. So it's like, well, I probably shouldn't play this anymore. <laughs> but, but the next day yeah, after... That, yeah, that happened to me a lot when the PS5 first came out. Mostly with Miles Morales, I kept getting these hard crashes, and it just seemed like Miles is really not can't oh. be good for my system. Yeah, I'm and then maybe that. once during Dark Demon Souls, but it. But since they patched 
or had the system updates. That shit hasn't been happening. So anyway, despite knowing better, I the next day after work, I got back on anyway and was, was trucking along. Everything was okay. And then all of a sudden, I did get an error message this time. And it said something along the lines of like, the game is like something screwed up. It's unplayable in this form. Uninstall it and reinstall the game. Wow. <laughs> so I did. And, uh-huh. and I haven't had any issues since then. So, oh. Yeah. So, so far, Maybe so. Maybe that was it. I actually, I did have to do that with a couple of games when I first got my PS5. I had to reinstall them and then they worked fine. So, and I was like, that's weird. This is like a PC. Like, I've never had that issue on console until PS5 where the installation wasn't good. I feel like I had something on PS4 maybe once that, that I kind of had some kind of issue with that, but I, I can't think of what it is. But yeah, so it's all good now anyway. That's that's pretty much all I did. I, I spent some time with Dove this weekend and uh, and Eric, Eric who drinks his own tea. Eric? And uh, that was about it. So it was pretty pretty easy weekend. Easy yeah. and sleazy. Yeah, my weekend, I mean, the Friday was rough. The Saturday was kind of rough, but I was like... I was basically just a total piece of shit yesterday. I just played video games for 12 hours. <laughs> I played Like a Dragon. I played Rocket League. I played Hearthstone. I played Returnal. Oh. I played the the new or the remastered Skyward Sword on the Switch. Damn. Uh, I think that covers all of them, like five or six different games. I kept jumping in and out into different ones and Lordy, yeah. drinking, drinking wine to celebrate my acid reflux. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Here's anyway, I'm fine today. So, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kingdom Come is pretty addicting for me. It's just, it's one of those kind of games where, uh, just by the nature of it, I, I guess it's one of those things where, you know, given that it's like this open world, you know, Elder Scrolls like RPG, there's there's always shit going on. And there's always something you want to do, and it's hard to stop. You know, it's hard to get to a, like a satisfying stopping point. That's like, well, yeah, I need to clean my armor. I need to I need to go sell some shit. I need, I stole before a guard stops me and, and takes it from me. Um, right. It's like, well, I I am like halfway through this quest chain. I could probably do another one of the main missions or two, or I could probably maybe do another one of these thief missions before I quit. You know, it's just like it's always shit like that that keeps me. That whenever I do walk away from it, it's like, oh man, I can't wait to play more. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. I definitely need to play that. It seems like it'd be right up my alley. But for some reason, I that's like. This happens to me in a bunch of video games where I'm like, oh, I should really play that, and then I don't because I'm playing other things. Or they're just a bunch of games I keep going back to, like Hearthstone and Rocket League that take up a bunch of my time. Competitive stuff like Overwatch mm-hmm. that I really love to go back to and play. But uh, yeah, maybe someday. Yeah, it's... Uh... This kind of goes back to like our... I mean, I can kind of hook this back. Hook this back? Does that make sense? Hook this back to our conversation hook last back. week of like people complaining that they can't... Like, we should make some video games easier so... So I can play them, and it's like, dude, there's hundreds of thousands of video games out here. You can't even keep up. Just play something else. Don't make, don't add invincibility mode to everything. <laughs> I'm sure. probably gonna bring invincibility, invincibility mode up a couple times this podcast. <laughs> invincibility mode. Um, yeah, I. Uh, whenever I pick something new, like whenever I finish something and I'm ready to move on, I, I try to. Well, for the sake of the show, I've been trying to jump back and forth between. Uh, something newer and then something on my backlog just that sometimes we're being uh, somewhat uh y- you know contemporary with what we're playing but um besides that I-, I like to pick something that's kind of a different genre than what i've been doing so like if i play a shooter yeah i'll try to then i'll pick something else it's not shootery and so since i haven't done a shooter in a while i was i was going to do doom eternal and then i just decided to do this instead so i'll probably do a shooter next but 
but yeah, so I did Doki Doki Literature. Before that, I did Near Automata. And so I was like, you know what? I yeah, I'll jump. I'll jump into like a first-person kind of big sandboxy yeah. RPG kind of thing. Yeah, I used to do that. I used to make sure I'll play a few different games at a time, but make sure they're all different. I don't really do that anymore. I, now it's just like whatever I feel like jumping into, I'm just going to jump into. And if I don't finish it, then I don't finish it. If if it's good mm. enough to draw me in, then it'll pull me back. And if it doesn't, then whatever. I'll just move on. Yeah. I go. I, I mean, I go in different phases. Like maybe one day I'll go back to. I'm going to play two things at a time, and they're going to be different. But I think there's just so much stuff now that I'm kind of just out of that. Like, I'll just get in this mood to play something new. Even if it's something similar, I just want to get the vibe of whatever this new thing is. Yeah. I'll just jump in no matter. Instead of waiting three more months, it's just like, fuck it, I'm going to jump in. Yeah, before Nier, I did Hades. And I'm thinking of this because that was the first game I've played, at least something newer that I played on a PC in a long time. And uh, and so then that, that was making me think of, what's the new game that we were talking about that looks really good that we wanted to play that dark something that indie game that everyone loves it was made by like a couple people oh here it is death door death door and it was like a death or a dark or something in there death's door yeah that's the one so that was worth it <laughs> <laughs> yeah we spent a lot of time looking that up so i hope you people appreciate it <laughs> yeah death door that's the one that looks good i'm just gonna leave all just the real out. time of good us reviews searching in there yes you should, yeah leave it in there it's <laughs> <laughs> like a minute and a half of silence and saying editing <laughs> yeah um but apparently that was like just primarily two dudes that did all the uh writing designing programming and oh, stuff yeah? i guess they outsourced some like the animations and, and things like that but uh from you what know, i understand was, make? I, i'm not no i'm not totally sure but i think this is uh, their second game, game so <laughs> i think they i think they oh, okay. did make a game before this so however long it's been between those i think i don't know how, all right we I'll do more Let's research on that. Up. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> we can talk about that in more detail later if we actually play it and it's relevant to anything. But uh, yes. So yeah, I end up that one right now. But yeah, so yeah, so, so we're finally. This is like this is the official start of the show. <laughs> yeah. That first ten minutes was just rambling nonsense. Uh-huh. <laughs> the power of it. Yeah. So the uh, the philosophical thought that that came up at the end of the show last week, I wanted to solidify it. As our like, as the model of our sh- model of our show, if you agree, okay. And that ph- philosophical thought is, if a tree falls on a marginalized person in the forest, and no one's around, is anyone offended? Oh yeah. What do you What do you think? <laughs> I can't imagine. Uh, no, I guess I guess no one would be if no one's around. <laughs> well, they could find out about it ten years later and then be offended, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Someone could. They find the bones of some marginalized person, like some put the tree fell on someone in a wheelchair, and they find the wheelchair and the dead bones, and they're like, "What the fuck?" And they ban all trees. <laughs> Get out of here, trees! Like the it makes me think of um, you're canceled. Cancel the trees. Cancel the rainforest. No, no, it's <laughs> no. We're gonna support yeah. deforestation because um, no, that makes me think of the uh, <laughs> the guy I was telling you about from uh, he was like the one of the high ups in Tokyo organizing the Olympics and they found out that he made a joke about the Holocaust like during a stand-up set in the 90s and so he had to step down as as oh, like yeah, as, yeah, as like that. as like the head of the committee for uh you know like organizing the Olympics and shit and just like uh, yeah. oh, oh god you used to be a comedian and tell jokes get the fuck out of here remember that thing you said yes. 30 years ago well fuck <laughs> you <laughs> especially and not even just that but like in a stand-up setting like that's 
like that's, yeah, that's the part what I mean. that's like, absurd makes me mad <laughs> yeah i mean that's the problem is people nowadays they don't take in nuance or context they're just looking to be outraged and they don't give a fuck why and then the people who do understand why are too afraid to speak up so that i think that's that's why I want to talk about the stuff we talk about in our podcast because I think someone needs to talk about it. Yeah, and not be scared of being canceled. And mm-hmm. um, even though I think today's today's discussion has me a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> plus, uh, plus we have nothing really to be canceled from. Luckily, <laughs> well, kind of. I mean, try to get a video, try to get a job in the video game industry, and someone figures out this is a real podcast. You're not going to get any job anywhere. Oh yeah, in the main in oh, the main video true. game, right? Uh, in the big companies, anyway. So I could, I could be preemptively canceled from something, but yeah, I, you want to do? But I don't have necessarily do something vo- to be canceled from now. No, but you want to do voiceover recordings for video games someday, and then uh, they find out that you don't hashtag believe all women while you're fucking out. You ain't getting in Van, Van Rackned. <laughs> do believe. Most of the women's, but, <laughs> but no, no, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. So yeah, I like, the. that's what we do here. If, um, this is the first episode that you are catching, uh, sorry for the slow start. Yeah. That's kind of what our mission's been to just kind of, uh, have one kind of bigger topic that addresses, you know, kind of like social justice things going on in the video game industry or like whenever these things, when we perceive that it's, it's being taken too far or becoming a problem or is just something that people aren't necessarily talking about in detail or or parsing through before they jump on twitter and kind of throw their two cents right. out there or, so or people see some headlines and then they shit all over a certain video game company without really knowing the details or facts or really thinking about what they're saying like we want to do our best to provide both sides and actually talk about what's going on and mm-hmm. see if we can help figure things out or spread some knowledge that isn't just like Oh, this company has bro culture. Oh, well, let's fuck it. It's like, well, there's more than that going on. Yeah. Not, not as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we don't want to be sensationally. We don't want to have clickbaity titles or anything. And a lot of the topics and the things that we have been saying about them, you could probably, some person could probably argue it could be clickbaity, but we're trying our best not to be like, again, sensational or provocative yeah. or anything. We're not. We're not trying to be like, provocative well, the conversations, in these conversations they just naturally yeah. i think are by yeah they, they just are kind of by the nature of having yeah, these conversations that not a lot of people are having at least that i see yeah so yeah they're inherently provocative and there's no way around it and this is these are the types of things i've enjoyed talking about my entire life and i grew up going to parties you know in my late teens and early 20s and i was always the person who was like oh here's josh we're gonna talk about religion and politics and get drunk like you're fucking right we are <laughs> i want to talk about real shit but uh that's why that's why a lot of people were annoyed with me that's also why a lot of people loved me so it just depends on the person and you know how i would say kind of how deep they want to go like because the hardest conversations to have tend to be the deeper conversations it's it's not just like hey how's the weather today did you watch that baseball game it's like <laughs> we're going to talk about things that challenge who you are and what you think so yeah, that can be a lot of people uh, don't like that, especially nowadays. Trigger warning. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's what we should call our podcast, Trigger Warning. <laughs> um, that probably already exists. That has to already exist. It has to already exist, and that's kind of, that, that might be the, a more provocative thing that I'm saying we're not trying to do, though. <laughs> Trigger warning. 
you'll be offended. Well, <laughs> there are a lot of good podcasters out there that do use clickbaity titles because they do work. And if a clickbaity yeah. title, if it helps someone get into a conversation, then maybe there's not really anything wrong with it. As long as you're bringing them in and then giving them real info. Sure. Maybe it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Another little correction from last week. I said we were talking about identifying as what we play as in video games. And I said, I don't identify as playing a, as a monkey in, in a fucking bubble. And what I meant was a monkey in a fucking ball. Because I was talking <laughs> about monkey ball. Uh-huh. <laughs> I knew what you went, but that's probably good. I assume people did, but that's a good, yeah. it was slightly wrong. Just to be clear, yeah. <laughs> it bothered me all week. I was like, man, I should have said, should have said ball. What the fuck's wrong with me? Just so I a, had to fix it. Just a fucking chimp in my own little social yeah. news bubble. <laughs> just a dumb monkey in my own little bubble. <laughs> my own little goddamn world. Stupid little fucking monkey world. Another thing, I kind of shit on Patricia's article last week for not spelling any time as one word. And uh, that can go both ways. It's actually more formal to spell it as two different words. So uh, my bad. I was just in the middle of a rant and I couldn't stop shitting. So I shit too hard. And I was wrong with that. So I wanted to correct that. Cool. You know what else goes both ways? Super Incest Brothers. Oh, double-ended dildos. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Either one. <laughs> um, yeah, on that, too, um, just a quick little aside. I, uh, I'm i going to be going through, because I struggle with this as a producer with, like, how much to, va- like, trying to weigh how much the listener's time is worth me just, like, reading from articles and things. But for to the sake of today's conversation, I do want to dive into the actual court document so that we... We can be, you know, really more clear and really parse through it, as, as opposed the court to document for the Activision case. For the Activision case, yes, as opposed to me, kind of just more, kind of just talking out my ass as well with the Patty thing last week. So, <laughs> so I want to be a little yeah. more prepared this week and say some maybe more worthwhile things. But not, not that we weren't saying worthwhile things. But I just mean right. me personally. I, I was talking out of my butt a lot. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what we're gonna do. To some extent, I think uh, I think having information is important, but then at the same time, I think having a podcast that's similar to Joe Rogan's podcast, where we can just say what we're feeling and explore those ideas without worrying too much how stupid we sound, is also important. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I don't want to be too stupid, but I don't want to be super rigid either. Right. Any other corrections? Yeah, I got a couple more things here just to uh, get into triggering people. Uh, <laughs> So last, so last week I was ranting about the invincibility in um, Psychonauts 2. Not so much that it's in that one game, but ranting about how if more games adopt this and in 10 years in the future, if 70% of games are using this, and let's say, who knows, 30% of kids are growing up and they're using this feature, because a lot of people will if it's in there, I think that'll be damaging to these... I think it'll be damaging to the kids' growth and to society. And I, I know it sounds extreme because we're just talking about video games, but... You know, what you do with your youth, if you're young and you play a lot of video games and you play a lot on invincibility mode or like super easy, but I don't even mind easy mode, but invincibility mode, if you're playing, if you're beating all your games on that and then you grow up with this expectation that you can do things easily in life, you're going to be very disappointed (laughs) because life sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Even if you're good at life, it still sucks. So imagine having all these expectations that this shit will just be given to you. Anyway, after talking about... No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Say, teacher, what are my ex- what are my invincibility options for this quiz coming up? <laughs> Can you explain why I got an F here? Because you did things incorrectly. 
but I put things on the paper. Isn't that <laughs> worth like an A minus? No, you uh, you need to be better. You need to try harder. But anyway, after going on that rant, I was reading more of uh, Jordan Peterson's new book, 12 More Rules for Life. And I came across a couple paragraphs that really more eloquently said what I was trying to say. And I wanted to read them here really quickly. If that's okay, okay with you, sure Van is. Rachnid. <laughs> sure is. Umni. <clears throat> All right. Here we go. You ready for a little reading session? Oh, I'm ready. I'm All right. Okay, here we go. It is a strange and paradoxical fact that there is a reciprocal relationship between the worth of something and the difficulty of accomplishing it. Imagine the following conversation. Do you want difficulty? No, I want ease. In your experience, has doing something easy been worthwhile? Well, no, not very often. Then perhaps you really want something difficult. I think that is the secret for the reason, I think that is the secret to the reason for being itself. Difficult is necessary. It is for this reason that we voluntarily and happily place limitations on ourselves. Every time we play a game, for example, we accept a set of arbitrary restrictions. We narrow and limit ourselves and explore the possibilities thereby revealed. That is what makes the game, but it does not work without the arbitrary rules. You take them on voluntarily, absurdly, as in chess. I can only move this knight in an L. How ridiculous, but how fun. Because it is not fun, oddly enough, if you can move any piece anywhere. It is not a game anymore if you can make any old move at all. Accept some limitations, however, and the game begins. Accept them, more broadly speaking, as a necessary part of being and a desirable part of life. Assume you can transcend them by accepting them, and then you can play the limited game properly. That's it. I read that and I was like, well, that really goes with what I was trying to say whenever I was like, what's the point of just hammering on B mm-hmm. or whatever the attack button is, and it means nothing because peop- the enemy's pounding on you. You don't have to try, and then you just hold it up to move to the next room. You're not doing anything. Where's the worth? It's, it's meaningless. As You're not playing a video yeah. game anymore. And you just read that the other day, you said? Because that's a... Very yeah, I just read it after we had that conversation. Synchronicity. We're in a simulation, bro. You found that because we? because we had that conversation. That's why you found that synchronicity. Fractals. Yeah. No. There are no coincidences. Yeah. No. <laughs> seriously, though. No. That's that's funny, though. How, of course, you know, he's talking about board games and chess, but I mean, obviously, you can apply that to video games, and uh, yeah, it makes total sense. I think the main point he's making is people find meaning in difficulty. Uh huh. The harder things are, the more you try. The values the and the challenge. The more you succeed, the more better you feel on succeeding. Mm-hmm. So there's no way... Because you must improve You play a video succeed. game on invincibility that you could ever feel good about yourself <laughs> for completing it. And it's true. Maybe some people just want the story and they don't care. But again, like I said, just to do it on one game, not a big deal. If this becomes in most games and, you know, 10 to 30% of people are playing this way, I, I think that's a problem. Yeah. Well, uh, excuse me. Keep an eye on the uh, accessibility area of the industry as we continue to do this and maybe in 10 years we'll see if everyone's a giant pussy see (laughs) (laughs) um uh yeah okay yeah anything else and then i had one more yeah one more thing to cover because i was going on this rant about people being entitled last week i think it was around the invincibility conversation and i was thinking about it later and i was like i don't know if i was making enough sense so i wanted to discuss it a little bit further so people demanding things and being entitled what i was talking about at the last job I worked at, not the one I'm currently at, but there were a lot of people, a decent amount of people would complain about the job. The people that complained were the people who were about to be let go or fired or just laid off temporarily, not kept around. 
and the people who had the most complaints tended to be these people. It was the people who were not as good at their job who I heard the most complaints come from. It was like the people who were incompetent were the ones who were demanding more, like, this pay isn't fair, and like, we should only work four-day four day weeks, and oh, they require overtime because of the crunch. And it's like, but the people who they who kept on, I mean, they kept you on contract, but they kept you on uh, full 40 hours a week if you were good. And you know what? I, I was thinking about it, and I never heard any of those people complain. All the complaints I heard were from the people who sucked, demanding, like, they demand more, even though they haven't proven themselves yet. Uh, so that's what I meant by the entitled people, the people who just aren't good enough thinking things are unfair whenever the truth is they're not trying as hard and maybe they're just less skilled at the job in general. Yeah, maybe just not cut out for it. And, uh, and it's not that I didn't complain, but I didn't start complaining until around the time I quit because the company that I worked at before this, they told me, you know, you're one of the best people we ever hired. And they kept me around for a year and a half and they put me on their main game. And it's like, okay, so you know I'm one of the best people here. Why aren't you paying me what, what I'm worth? You've already acknowledged that I'm worth it. Mm-hmm. And you're keeping me on as this minimum wage contract. And so after a year and a half, I felt like I've earned the right to complain. And so I would. Sure. And it wasn't really up to the American office. It was more up to the Japanese office, how much money they were allowed to spend on their employees. So I started, it was a QA. So I started capturing uh, screenshots for bugs. And I made a character and I named my character name minimum wage contract. <laughs> so then I took screenshots and it was like my character's like dancing and looking goofy. But then my name across the whole top of the screen says minimum wage contract. <laughs> and, I, and I put those in the bug reports and I sent them to Japan. I got away with it for two weeks until my QA lead was like, hey, Josh, can you uh, not do that anymore? Because I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> I was like, okay, fine. But uh, It's pretty great. So the point is know when, know when you've earned the right to complain. And when you need to just try harder. Yeah. And uh, those are all my corrections. And that's all I wanted to talk about from last last week. Cool. That's, um, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. It's good good lessons, good things for, for people to hear. I, I think those those two things, the entitlement and then the, uh, the invincibility mode, those arguments, I think, go together very well. And um, Yeah. Because well last week, I, I think I was getting a bit, a bit uh, energetic. And I, was, I think I was missing some points that I should have been making. Sure. Getting a bit riled up, maybe. Rowdy, rowdy. Okay. But uh, yeah, I'm a little bit more laid back today because of my uh, chest conditions. So <laughs> I think I'm more thoughtful because I'm a bit more damaged. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag damaged. Get, get damaged tattooed on your forehead. Hashtag, hashtag damaged but thoughtful. <laughs> damaged but beautiful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So, yeah, we'll... uh. We'll probably talk a little bit about what we've been playing as as we normally do. I know we kind of kind of kicked it ahead last week because we talked about Patty a lot, and so I, I could see us going maybe a little long on this one again. We'll see, but if not, I can definitely give a very small review of Doki Doki, which is all that I can really do. Cause there's not really a whole lot to say about it without getting into spoiling the whole point of playing it at all. So, and then uh, Josh, you we're gonna talk about Returnal at least. And then maybe some other things as well. I know you mentioned up top that you've been playing a lot of stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. I think maybe this week we can just I'll just do Returnal. Yeah, I've been playing Ratchet and Clank as well, but uh, this conversation might just probably go. It'll go. It'll be over an hour, so I'll just do Returnal, and then maybe you can just do one or two games, and then that'll be it. All right, sounds good. All right, let's jump into the topic of the show then. The state of California on Tuesday, and that is July twentieth, for the sake of clarity. 
filed a lawsuit against Activision Blizzard for employment rights violations, alleging a culture of misogyny at the Santa Monica-based video game company. Before we dive into the court document, a quick aside, I learned reading through it that while Activision is headquartered in California, it was actually incorporated in Delaware in February of 2000. So whatever wow. that whatever that actually means, <laughs> probably just like tax tax shit. Cause yeah, I, maybe you know, cause probably being maybe. incorporated in Delaware, maybe they skirt some tax things that they might not be able to avoid if they were yeah. technically a California company. So yeah. Also, those... we should point out that this lawsuit's being brought on by the uh, California Department of Fair Employment and Housing. Uh, it's the same people who sued Riot for the same type of shit a few years ago, two years ago. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, I, but about... I, I didn't write down any riot notes this morning. Yeah, this morning. Maybe we can talk about that some other week. But okay, yeah, I knew about the riot thing, but I didn't know it was the same. Uh, that the, it was the same organization that brought the charges against them as well. So very yeah. interesting. So anyway, I thought we might continue discussing uh, culture and politics and within the video game sphere. Uh, this time through a legal lens with this unfortunate case. So. Uh, for the sake of clarity, we'll walk through the document and the charges it brings forth. Uh, it starts off with the, the plaintiff is, as you said, Department of Fair Employment and Housing, or uh, it, def, defa, defer, def, defer, 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 an agency. That's, from now on, if we had to say that throughout the process, just go defer. Yeah, that's probably what I'm going to have. <laughs> yeah, it, it comes up a lot, so that's probably what, that's how, it's, whenever you hear us doing that, it's going to mean... Department of Fair Employment and Housing. So anyway, it's an agency in the state of California that is tasked with investigating and prosecuting civil rights actions in order to, in order, quote, to protect and safeguard the right and opportunity of all persons to seek, obtain, and hold employment without discrimination. It brings its action in its own name to remedy violations of the California Fair, uh, California Fair Employment and Housing Act, as well as the California Equal Pay Act by Activision Blizzard, Inc., Blizzard Entertainment, Inc., and Activision Publishing, Inc., and Doe's 1 through 10, like like John Doe. So I guess that's 10 particular unnamed individuals within Division Blizzard. And so the doc says right. they will name them when they, quote, ascertain their identities and capacities, but then it says, then it says later that it knows who is responsible and then eventually it does go on to name former World of Warcraft senior creative director Alex Afrasiabi specifically. And Afrasiabi left the company last year in June. So maybe he saw something coming. Um, so, there's, so there's just nine people or ten people who are in trouble, maybe in trouble. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I guess so. So, so they, out of like 9,000 employees, that's not too bad. So, well, the defendants are, are the, is like the company itself. And then 10 specific people. So, right. so yeah, so I guess it does come, I guess it mostly bears on these 10 specific dudes, which you would assume are all uh, high ups and executives. Um, seems like some of them, even though it doesn't say that Afrasiabi is one of them, uh, he probably is because it does talk about him in a couple different parts in the court document. And so, so even though he left the company, we can assume that these 10 people are people not just who are there, but maybe uh, former high ups as well. So uh, we'll read the allegations against uh, Afrasiabi later, if only because there's a funny typo in there. Not that I not that we want to make light of the harassment that he uh, probably committed, but there's a funny typo. So we'll get there. Anyway, the uh, the charges or factual allegations, as the document states, uh, defer sets forth fall under the categories of one sex discrimination, pay assignment, promotion, termination and constructive discharge and then sexual harassment 
And third, retaliation and defendant's failure to prevent discrimination, harassment, and retaliation. Uh, all right, so section 18, if that's right, it's broken down into numbers. Uh, section 18 of the document sums this up pretty well, and it states, After more than two years of investigation, Defer issued a cause finding on June 24th, 2021. In the course of Defer's investigation, Defer found evidence that defendants' discrimination against female employees in terms and conditions of employment, including compensation, assignment, promotion, termination, constructive discharge, and then I threw this little note in there. Constructive discharge is when an employee feels forced to resign due to intolerable working conditions. I didn't know that. I looked that up. You think the constructive discharge can be ceaseless? <laughs> yes. Do you think it can be ceaseless discharge? It absolutely can. Okay, <laughs> so keep reading. I don't even want to explain. If you're a gamer, you I'm sure you know what. If you're a real gamer. Yeah, if you're a real gamer, you're Dark Souls. <laughs> uh, so, constructive discharge and retaliation. Defer's investigation also found that female employees were subject to sexual harassment. Defer's investigation found that defendants failed to take all reasonable steps to prevent unlawful discrimination, harassment, or retaliation. Lastly, Defer's investigation further found that defendants had committee violations of labor code, blah, 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 in paying female employee, female employee, singular, sick, that's a, that's a site thing, uh, sick thing, less than their male counterparts for substantially similar work. So paying ladies less. Uh, okay, so now we'll go through these next couple sections one at a time, and then we'll, we can talk about them as we go. So I'm not just reading. How many more sections it. you got? Uh, How many more sections you got? So right, a lot more reading left? Uh, a good bit, but we're gonna we're gonna break it up with conversation now. So oh, okay, I was gonna break it up now, but if you're gonna break it up soon, then keep going. Yes. So section one just talks about stupid crap that we already said. Who defer is and what they do. Okay, so two uh, Activision Blizzard Inc is headquartered in Santa Monica. It is one of the largest American video game developers and distributors with approximately 9,500 employees and over 100 million players worldwide. It is considered a le leading gaming platform in the Western world. Is a member of the Fortune 500. Activision Blizzard conducts business through subsidiaries, Blizzard Entertainment, King Digital Entertainment, and Activision Publishing, amongst others. It also operates global esports organizations, Overwatch League and Call of Duty League. The video game franchise Call of Duty is Activision Publishing's key product. Blizzard Entertainment maintains the online gaming service Battle.net, includes key franchises such as World of Warcraft, Diablo, and Overwatch. Um, most of us know that. I just wanted to read that because I, I felt it kind of just summarizes kind of a how big and important Activision is. Mm -hmm. Three, unlike its customer base of increasingly diverse players, defendants' workforce is only about 20% women. Its top leadership is also exclusively male and white. The CEO and president... What the fuck? <laughs> Damn it! The, C <laughs> the CEO and president roles are now, and always have been, held by white men. Very few oh women... God. Very, oh very few women ever reach top roles of the company... The women who do reach higher roles earn less salary, incentive pay, and total compensation than their male peers, as evidenced in the defendant's own records. So we'll, let's look at these real quick. As we can, yeah, I need to know this. Yeah, the records. So as we see, it, um, so this is from an internal Activision Blizzard document. We got old Bobby Kotick right up front, of course, right up top. Uh, Robert Kotick, chief, chief executive officer. This is fucking nuts. So. It's kind of known that his salary is uh, it's very good salary. Uh, he's got the seven figures there, but it, it's been known for a while that where he really gets his money is from like bonuses and things. And so right. we, we really... Like millions? Yes. So we really see that here. Hundreds of millions? Yes. So right... Okay. So as of... So for the year 2020, 
Uh, Bob Kotick, his salary was one million four hundred ninety-four thousand two hundred thirty-one, but he earned a total of one hundred and fifty-four million six hundred thirteen thousand three hundred eighteen. And we compare that to the person right underneath him, one Dennis Durkin, Durkin, and he's the executive advisor and former chief financial officer. Uh, his salary was nine hundred six thousand nine hundred twenty-three, so about half a million less than Bobby. But then his bonuses. Uh, with bonuses, he totaled just under thirteen million, so uh, way big way way substantially less. So, so Kodak's far and ahead of everybody. So anyway, right? But then, but then, why? Like, okay. So know. if I was if I was the lead at, at a company, if I was if I was making that much money at a company, I would sacrifice a lot of that to give back to my employees for sure, because I don't need that much money. I'm not really a mm-hmm. money person, but I'm not trying to sound like altruistic, because I don't necessarily think I'm altruistic either. It just seems like. I don't. What the fuck you can do with all that money? Yeah, I know. And I think it's good to give back to your employees to make your company atmosphere better. But, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, why why is he making that much money? Is it because he he's the idea man? Did he invent some of these games that have made billions of dollars? You know, like, did he earn that? Maybe he did. I don't know. Yeah, he might have. And um, there's nothing here to say that he doesn't maybe funnel some of that back into the company. He very, you know, he may very well be doing that. But but who knows? Anyway, so a couple down. There's a Daniel. Allegri, 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 Allegra, the uh, allergy medication. But so anyway, the one, yeah. the one female who's up here <laughs> uh, is one Claudine uh, Naughton, and she's the chief people officer. Um, in twenty, what do you mean? I don't know. And uh, the people officer do. <laughs> maybe it's like I think she does like maybe like the internal kind of like you, company culture like and like HR and, and probably some PR and stuff. HR. Yep. Yeah. 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 I assume that probably all falls under her people officer. Sounds so, like a made-up title to begin with. Mm-hmm. So anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Twenty twenty, um, she her salary was six hundred fifty-five thousand, and her with bonuses she made a total of uh, three point eight million, a little over three point eight million. So not bad, but compared to Daniel, whose bonuses were thirteen million, Den- male and white. By the way. By the way. Dennis Durkin's total of also thirteen million, along with Daniel, they they got similar bonuses there, and then under uh, beneath uh, Claudine, we have one Chris uh, Walter, and he also totaled uh, he three point two million, so he got less than Claudine. So look at that. So at least at least one of these white males got less than her, and right. and he's the chief legal officer. So we can see that she is paid. Much, much less than Dan and Dennis and Mr. Kotick. But uh, maybe, you know, again, maybe that's, you know, who who knows? Maybe that's just what a people officer makes. <laughs> you know, I don't know what the standard yeah, here, wage rate for a people officer is. I'm not sure, but here's their description. Chief people officers hold a variety of different roles and jobs that transcend the normal definition of an HR leader. CPOs are data-focused strategists, team builders, and culture creators to craft the values of a company and maximize employee potential. On any given day, chief people officers can be seen poring over spreadsheets, crafting leadership development plans, coordinating culture committee tasks, or meeting with potential new hires. Interesting. So, if this culture is going on at her company, isn't this her fault? Holy shit, she's <laughs> been the... Is this all her responsibility? Phone calls company, the phone calls coming from inside the house. <laughs> What the hell have you been doing, Claudine? Women have been yeah. suffering underneath you. Maybe, maybe you shouldn't have created, gotten paid as much. 
Yeah, she created this issue, and now she's making. She's trying to sue and get more money out of it. It's like, uh, it's like the people that create the disease and make the medication. I'm just kidding. I don't yeah. know if any of that's true. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if she's one of the women. Because, well, to jump ahead, the, the lawsuit does. It just refers to the to the women involved as the group, capital G group, and of course, it doesn't state um, anyone by name or any of the individual people under that. They're just known as the group. So while it's, I guess it's possible that Claudine's part of that group, it's probably not as an executive. I would assume that she's probably not part of the plaintiff side of this. Probably actually, she would probably actually be one of the defendants, honestly, maybe. Oh, yeah. Which th- that would be interesting if she was maybe, one yeah. of the 10, you know, but. Right. Because if that's, if that's what her job is, is maintaining the culture, you know, the internal culture of the company, and she's obviously not doing it. And that's funny that no one's really talking about that. See, see, yeah, if, that, if that's the case if yeah. that's the case because that's another yeah that's another thing we just broke through that that i didn't notice even in my research until just now so look at that conversation see we're, we're doing we're, it we're, we're like detectives we're, we're, like detect- <laughs> we're figuring it all out <laughs> anyway so number four like the executive ranks women across the company are assigned to lower paid and lower opportunity levels female employees receive lower starting pay and also earn less than male employees for substantially similar work Defendants promote women more slowly and terminate them more quickly than their male counterparts. Faced with such adverse terms and conditions of employment, many women have been forced to leave the company. Constructive discharge. Ceaseless constructive discharge. Go ahead and interrupt me whenever you want to say anything. Um, but these well, next, like, how do you prove any of this stuff? Because I've I've read Activision Blizzard response saying we pay people depending on what they do and their skill level. So similarly to how I was talking about in the last video game, video game company I worked in, the people who complained the most were the people who weren't the best. They were the most incompetent people. How do you know that these aren't the same people mm-hmm. thinking things are unfair whenever they're just not as good? And mm-hmm. how do you prove that? And that's the thing too. I mean, uh, you know, of course the, the court of public opinion and, and the real courts are two totally different things. And, and by and large, the message has already run away that all this shit is totally true and that's what everyone's going to think. But really it is, it's going to be, and I, who knows how much we'll even, how much the public is even going to see whenever this actually goes to court. But but yeah, that burden of proof is going to fall on defer and it's going to fall on the plaintiff to, to prove that this shit's actually going on. You know, it's not yeah. it's not up to Activision here to, to prove that it's not the case. It's up to defer to prove that this shit is yeah. is actually happening, and like you're saying, it's it's probably going to be really difficult to prove. But that al- yeah. that also tells me it's they just, must be confident that they have something if they are taking it to court. Because it also kind of depends on how much wokeism has leaked into the court system. Sure. And if the judge or ju- if there, there's probably not a jury for this, right? It's just a court, probably just a court and a judge. Uh, well, it's I don't. Uh, the end of the document says that they are. Um, it's an application for a jury trial. Oh, really? So I guess that they can. Um, let me scroll down to it here. Yeah, demand for jury trial. So that's that not up. Weird. So that's not up to them, but they're asking for it. I think is what that means. So yeah. So then it depends on how much wokeism has leaked into society, and they don't give a fuck about the facts. They just think all oh, things are unfair, because like even just starting to talk about the uh, your starting pay. There's okay. I want to break this down. Okay, let's just start with this. Your starting pay. The difference. The difference in pay between men and women is largely not sexism. It's it's that men tend to be more aggressive with asking for higher starting pays and raises and women are more agreeable and they tend to just take what they they're offered or what they can get. So that's a big part of the difference. And then I want to, I want to break down the, the myth of gender pay gap real quick because it's bullshit. And I've been hearing Democrats and people on the left say this for like 10 years now. And then you'll notice like whenever people say it, they don't, whenever a lot of people on the left say these buzz phrases, 
like toxic masculinity and white privilege and gender pay gap and white rage. And you're just like, what, the, what are you talking about? What does that mean? They, they can't explain it. They'll just say, for the gender pay gap, they just say, well, you know, uh, women make 25 cents less on the dollar than the man. Well, how are you figuring that out? Like, how, how are you coming to that conclusion? So I actually, I did research a few years ago because it started bothering me that nobody was explaining it. So I actually did conduct research in the top 25 richest countries. And what they found was a man and a woman working in the same company, at the same job, with the same boss. Whenever everything is exactly the same, the difference in pay, in pay is less than 2% between men Ooh. and women. And it doesn't mean that all of that difference in pay is sexism. Mm -hmm. It could just mean, like I said earlier, just characteristic, different, characteristic differences between men and women. So whenever they say women make 25 cents less on the dollar, what they're doing is they're taking every job that exists and they throw it into one pot. Right. So they take the CEOs like Mark Zuckerberg and Bezos and the people who created all of this tech technological shit who are making billions of dollars, hundreds of billions sometimes, and they're throwing them into the same pot with like waitresses who some make $3 an hour in some states. And they yes. throw all of that shit into one pot and they're like, well, women make less than men. But whenever they say that out loud, women make less than men, what people think is in the same job they're making less, but that's not actually what's happening. Mm -hmm. So that needs to be cleared up. No one ever talks about it. Sure. And it bothers the shit out of me. Yeah. That, it doesn't mean it never happens. Right. doesn't mean it never happens. Of course. Maybe for some women in this company that did happen, but I would argue it's more likely that they weren't as good as, at their jobs. Right. However, there was some people saying, it. someone said, well, we're not promoting you because you could get pregnant. If that's actually true, then yeah, that is bullshit and that should be addressed. So we'll continue on then with number five. Defendants have also fostered a, uh, defendants have also fostered a pervasive frat boy workplace culture that continues to thrive because that, that sentence by itself doesn't mean anything right it doesn't it, i mean it gives you an idea of what they're talking about like just yes. men who are kind of pigs but at the same time if it's only 10 people out of nine thousand people and then you make it sound like the whole company is insane whenever it's just a couple assholes who work there that's not really fair so yeah so they do go on to describe what they mean um in the office women are subjected to uh quote-unquote cube crawls so I guess like a pub crawl, except going cubicle to cubicle, in which male employees drink copious amounts of alcohol as they crawl their way through various cubicles in the office and often engage in inappropriate behavior towards female employees. Uh, yeah, the thing is, like, how often is this happening? Did it happen once at, like, a holiday party or something, and it was just two stupid drunk dudes, and then it just... Because this is what happens, is like, one little bad thing happens, and then it gets blown out of proportion, and it sounds like, well, they must do this every week or every mm -hmm. once a year. It's like annual uh, club crawl or was. Was it cubicle crawls? Yeah, cube crawl. Yeah, the weekly cube crawl. Every Thursday, Thursday, Thursday in the office. So here's, uh, here's the thing is like, we'll talk about this now. There's some people who work for my company who left reviews for our company and just lied and exaggerated everything and slandered the shit out of my boss and left one-star reviews. And my boss actually got one of them pulled and he's working on getting the other one pulled because it's, it's not true. Like they, It's these whiny people. Well, the one girl, she got fired for sucking and for threatening other another employee, like literally threatening the life, oh, like a half joke, half not joke. And so she left a spiteful review of all this exaggerated negative shit. Mostly wasn't true. Although I will say there was one positive thing in the uh, in her review, and it was me. It was the only oh. nice person who works at this company is the lead editor. And I was like, Whoa. hey, there you go. Hey. But uh, the things that she accused my boss of were totally exaggerations, and some of them were just completely not true. And then... We had another dude who worked there who was like this kind of indie whiny boy. 
who just never improved at his job, refused to try, where it was like, dude, you're an editor now. Learn, go home, read the Chicago Manual of Style, understand grammar, because that's your job, and get better. Mm-hmm. And he was there for over a year. He just didn't do it. And then he wondered why people would yell at him for like, hey, you need to improve. It wasn't really yelling at him. It was just like, hey, you need to improve. You're making this mistake, this mistake, this mistake. And uh, he ended up quitting and going working with this other girl in a different localization company that it's not video games, but he went and left and worked with her. And then he left a negative review saying that basically just saying the same shit that she said. And it's there. And this is what I always thought about the riot lawsuit was, I think it's these kind of people, the people who don't try, who expect more, who can't control their feelings. And yes, sometimes your boss might make an inappropriate joke. Or I don't even want to say inappropriate joke. Let's just say it's an adult joke for adults and people can't handle it. It breaks their brain because they can't control their feelings and they go and they make a big, bigger deal about it than it is. And I know that people on the left will say, you can't, uh, you know, you're, you're victim blaming. This is their truth. Well, fuck their truth because there's a real truth and then there's their truth and their truth <laughs> might be totally obscure or skewed the wrong way. You know, we have to talk about it to figure it out. You can't fix things without talking about an actual truth. And yes. a lot of times people's feelings aren't a real truth. No. Sorry. No. Uh, there is an objective truth. It, it doesn't matter what individual might think about it. The truth is the truth. So what matters is doing things, I think, like what we're doing here, parsing through the details and the facts and having an open-minded discussion about it. And uh, and yeah, we can uh, you know discuss and inject whenever we have an opinion on like what we think is going on. But but again, just un- un- until it goes to court and this, these things really get found out, I'm going to refrain from condemning the entire right. company until then and uh saying uh yeah you, saying i'm gonna boycott its games and everything and i mean i always lean more towards i need to see the proof i need to see the facts i need to see the data because i've seen so many people exaggerate and lie in mm-hmm. this type of culture the woke cancel culture i've seen so much over victimization that this entire unfortunately i think it's unfortunate that these types of cases in my opinion for me have become like uh, the girl who cried wolf like you, you lied and exaggerated so many times that I don't believe you anymore. And I think it's unfortunate that I, a lot of people feel that way now. Okay, so to continue on, uh, male employees proudly come into work hungover, play video games for long periods of time during work hours while delegating their responsibilities to female employees, engage in banter about their sexual encounters, talk openly about female bodies, and joke about rape. Yeah, yeah I think she'd be allowed to joke at work, but... Probably not rape jokes. Probably not really work appropriate. Probably not work appropriate. Yeah, um, it's not work appropriate. But I was, it's funny because I was I was I was reading some about the riot case earlier, and their big complaints were like there were males there, and sometimes they would grab their crotch, and sometimes women would experience phantom humping. It's like, <laughs> I was like, oh, so you see some dudes phantom humping, probably making some stupid joke, probably not even directed towards a woman, just like doing dude stuff i know I'm sorry. Uh, just, that's your big complaint phantom humping just just that phrase <laughs> phantom humping yeah, i know <laughs> that's in a court of law that's the formal formally it's phantom humping wouldn't it be uh i thought i thought it was just called pelvic thrusting but i guess that yeah i guess i guess that doesn't get a, that doesn't get a part better the rapiness yeah <laughs> wait so why it's way more humping? colorful like did they just did do really good in a video game bout and just stood up and did a cheer like phantom hump cheer like or was it actually directed sexually? Because mm-hmm. those that nuance matters. Yeah, there's a whole SpongeBob episode I remember from a kid about him like pelvic thrusting, pelvic thrust, and he's like doing it a bunch. And it's not a sexual thing, but that's what I mean. Like it was like a celebratory thing. Maybe uh, you know, you never know. I would be curious to know how often and, and to what extent these rape jokes were going on. 
I, I mean, either way, I don't think the rape. You, I don't think you can defend the rape jokes. No, in, in any circumstance. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just curious no. about like what that can mean. But uh, anyway, uh, number six. Unsurprisingly, defendants' frat boy culture is a breeding ground for harassment and discrimination against women. Female employees are subjected to constant sexual harassment, including having to continually fend off unwanted sexual comments and advances by their male coworkers and supervisors, and being groped at the cube crawls and other company events. High-ranking executives and creators engaged in blatant sexual harassment without repercussions. In a particularly tragic example, a female employee committed suicide during a business trip with a male supervisor who had brought butt plugs and lubricant with him on the trip. Defendants continuously condone the quid pro quo and hostile work environment. The message is not lost on their employees. So that's one of the ones that it goes more into detail with later. So we could talk about that more then, I guess, but, but, I, w- but I will say understand why... They had to mention butt plugs and lubricant. Uh, because I don't it, know. I guess people were offended by him bringing them. Was, it, was he bringing them as a joke or was he going to use them on himself? What was he doing? <laughs> right. Well, okay. So according to the detailed part of this later on the doc, and again, we'll get there. It says that they had an ongoing sexual relationship, um, this employee and the oh, supervisor. Okay, okay. So did they say how long these compl- how long ago these complaints came in? Because I, I saw that recently, like or Activision said, well, this we've been striving for years. Like this... Our culture hasn't been like this for years, they said. So, like, are these old complaints, old workers, or is this recent stuff? Yeah, some of their statements say that um, in some cases this is, like, a decade-old things that are going on. But the okay. but then Differ says the investigation has been going on for two years. So I assume that that doesn't mean just what's been going on in the last two years, just that they were investigating for two years, including interviewing probably maybe even former employees to get... And so maybe some of these things are things that happened like 10 years ago. So anyway, yeah, we'll get to that. But like if they had a if they had a um, ongoing relationship, as the document later mentions, then who knows that the, the butt plugs just weren't, maybe you know, just weren't for them. For them. Yeah. So it just seems weird to throw that in there. Like almost like it's like, oh, see, he had yeah. butt plugs. See, he's got to be a bad guy. Eh, well, butt, butt plugs don't make people bad people. <laughs> I'm, ghost I'm, cells. His own butt plugs. I know. Yeah, the, <laughs> I'm here to speak up for the butt plug community. He's a Satan worshiper, though. So, yeah, I know that Activision was really offended that they brought up the lady who committed suicide. They yeah, offended by that that they brought her up to begin with because they said this has nothing to do with any of that stuff. So mm-hmm. maybe that just goes with it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So th- there's another detail that goes into that, though. So, but anyway, we'll get there when we get there. I'll read this now, but then I'll, I'll come back to to Brack because I, I do want to talk about Activision's response to all this as well and, and make sure we uh, handle both sides here. So uh, numerous complaints about unlawful harassment, discrimination, and retaliation were made to defendants' human resources personnel and executives, including to Blizzard Entertainment's president, J. Allen Brack. Hey, everybody. Hello, everybody. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do a Brack impression. Yeah, that wasn't very good. You can do you can do some pretty good impressions, but I, that wasn't one. I cannot do Brack. I think if you problem. listen to it. I think if you listen to it and then immediately did it afterwards, I think you could pull it, pull it off better than that. <laughs> Probably. Anyway, uh, Space Ghost Brack. Uh, I, I can't not think of Brack every time I read this guy's name. Yeah, uh, how can you not? How can anyone not? <laughs> but uh, defendants failed to take effective remedial measures in response to these complaints. Employees were further discouraged from complaining as human resource personnel were known to be close to the alleged harassers. An internal investigation into the human resource unit noted that there was a big lack of trust and that HR not held in high regard. Unsurprisingly, employees' complaints were treated in a perfunctory and dismissive manner and not kept 
confidential. As a result of these complaints, female employees were subjected to retaliation, including but not limited to being deprived of work on projects, unwillingly transferred to different units, and selected for layoffs. We'll go ahead and we'll go to the details then of the uh, of the woman who committed suicide on the business trip. Jumping ahead to number 48 in the document, in case you're following along at home. In a tragic example of the harassment that defendants allowed to fester in their offices, a female employee committed suicide while on a company trip due to a sexual relationship that she had been having with her male supervisor. And um, I, I just think that's important to read this because everything online that was condemning this aspect um, seemed to ignore that there was apparently an ongoing relationship. It's not like he just surprised her with dildos and butt plugs. At least it doesn't sound like that if they had a relationship already. So did, did it happen after they separated? Okay, well, it apparently it happened on this trip. Another employee confirmed that the deceased female employee may have been suffering from other sexual harassment at work prior to her death. Specifically, at a holiday party before her death, male co-workers were alleged to be passing around a picture of the deceased's vagina. Um, yeah, so was that like her boyfriend was showing pictures of her? Or like, where did they get these pictures? Yeah, so that's all she it like... says. It sounds like that he probably had them, and he was probably the one that was sh- maybe sharing them around with the, the office dudes, I guess. It's kind of what it sounds like. Yes, sounds like a total piece of shit, all right. Yes. If yes. that's true. Yes, he does. Big if true. So, but that's all it says about it. So, the, I mean, obviously she was experiencing, she was really feeling something negative for her to do something like, like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it, it sounds like it wasn't a healthy relationship, obviously, if, if that happened. Yeah. So that's very tragic. Uh, so there was an internal email that Brack had sent out. And then also I will read from Activision's official statement here. Um, just just one paragraph here. DIFA, defer, includes distorted and in many, ca- in, in many cases false descriptions of Blizzard's past. We have been extremely cooperative with the defer throughout their investigation, including providing them with extensive data and ample documentation, but they refused to inform us what issues they perceived. They were required by law to adequately investigate and to have good faith discussions with us to better understand and to resolve any claims or concerns before going to litigation, but they failed to do so. Instead, they rushed to file an inaccurate complaint, as we will demonstrate in court. We are sickened by the reprehensible conduct of the defer to drag into the complaint the tragic suicide of an employee whose passing has no bearing whatsoever on this case and with no regard for her grieving family. While we find this behavior to be disgraceful and unprofessional, it is unfortunately an example of how they have conducted themselves throughout the course of their investigation. It is this type of irresponsible behavior from unaccountable state bureaucrats that are driving many of the state's best businesses out of California. So that's, uh, that's Activision's side on it. They're pretty slightly aggressive response there. Yeah, especially the very last sentence. Like, this is what's driving us out. Probably didn't need to be yeah, in there, you, but... Can you read that sentence again? It is this type of irresponsible behavior from accountable state bureaucrats that are driving many of the state's best businesses out of California. I really like that line. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they're saying, hey, your far-left insanity is driving people insane and causing people like Joe Rogan and Ben Shapiro to take their companies and get the fuck out of here because you're not responsible with how you actually look into these companies and how you treat them. That is one thing that worries me too, because again, I do, you know, there's a lot of damning stuff in here and, and I do believe that there probably is a, probably was a very bad culture and that a lot of women probably did have a lot of bad experiences. But at the same time, I, I also worry that, like you're saying, that this irresponsible treatment and form of investigation might end up hurting them at a point. Like maybe they do have some good things that they really want to defend, but their way of defending it might end up yeah. hurting them. And that 
kind of worries me. Uh, a bit. It's weird because of, of all of this, I think that the relationship thing is actually the worst thing. Like you said, you think a lot of women probably had bad experiences. I don't really believe that. I think probably a small percentage of women had a, had bad experiences. But like this relationship thing that that they're mad that they that they brought up. I mean, I have to think like for her to do something like that, some I, for someone to kill themselves, there must have been some messed up shit going on in the way. And mm-hmm. he sounds like a douchebag if he shared her nude pictures among. Yes, and it's not even like that's that uncommon. It depends on maybe on the area. Like my friends from California. I can't see them ever doing anything like that. However, my friends from Pennsylvania, I could see them being like, hey, you want to see my girlfriend naked? She's really hot. I could, I could see that. Yeah. So it, it depends on the area and the people, of course. Maybe maybe it depends on the generation. And these people are probably older. So I wouldn't, I would never show my friend something like that. <laughs> yeah, if she did this, if if he shared her pictures and, you know, she wasn't up for that and she didn't know about it and then she found out later and it messed with her a lot, then uh, that's huge. Because it also, it sounds like she, I think she did it on this business trip itself. So there was definitely a lot leading up to this that wasn't being addressed. And it's and it's a shame she didn't get help. But, but again, it's not like she just saw some butt plugs and decided to right then and there to do it. And I know I keep right. going back to these damn butt plugs. I don't know why I'm so st- stuck on them. <laughs> You're just obsessed about the butt plugs. You can't get them out of your head. <laughs> I can't. Or your butt. Or my butt. <laughs> can't get them out of my brain butt. Yeah, I don't know anything about her prior to this, so... Yeah, so, I mean, there's... Obviously, we don't know for sure. Of course, yeah, there's not... You know, I'll throw it in if you're having suicidal thoughts. You know, get help. There's help out there. Uh, but for for the sake of it, we'll do a couple more. This is number 47. In a blatant example of defendant's refusal to deal with a harasser because of his seniority position, Alex Afrasiabi, the former senior creative director of World of Warcraft at Blizzard Entertainment, was permitted to engage in blatant sexual harassment with little to no repercussions. During a company event, an annual convention called BlizzCon, Afrasiabi would hit on female employees telling... It says telling him, but it means telling to say telling them he wanted to marry them, attempting to kiss them, and putting his arms around them. This was in plain view of other male employees, including supervisors, who had to intervene and pull him off of female employees. Afrasiabi was so known to engage in harassment of females that his suite was nicknamed the Crosby Suite after alleged rapist Bill Crosby. He shoots these scars. Penguins. Well, Bill Crosby. Penguins. Bill Crosby Captain. was just lit out. Sidney Crosby. <laughs> Yes, he was. So, so, uh, so again, I, he's innocent, I guess. Oh. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, obviously they mean Cosby, not Crosby, and Bill Cosby. That's um, really hilarious. They spelled that wrong. <laughs> I know. So I had to throw in Penguins Cat in the Sidney Crosby joke, probably very inappropriately, but sorry. Not trying to make light of the stuff. It was just, it was funny. Afrasiabi would also call females derogatory names at company events. Afrasiabi's conduct was known to Blizzard Entertainment's executives who took no effective remedial measures. Jay Allen Brack, president, allegedly had multiple conversations with Afrasiabi about his drinking. That he had been, quote unquote, too friendly towards female employees at company events, but gave Afrasiabi a slap on the wrist, i.e. verbal counseling. In response to these incidents, subsequently Afrasiabi continued to make unwanted advances towards female employees, including grabbing a female employee's hand and inviting her to his hotel room and then groping another woman. The problems of harassment and discrimination extended to, and at a minimum, were known to those at the top. Defendant's former chief technology officer was observed by employees groping inebriated female employees at company events and was known for making hiring decisions based on female applicants' looks. An employee complained to Blizzard Entertainment, Brack. And I love your junk, it's mainly, but behind the door, I love kissing more. Hubba, hubba. Oh, look not so disdainly. In early 2019, that employees were leaving due to sexual harassment and sexism. Specifically, this employee noted that women on the Battle.net team were subjected to disparaging comments 
The environment was akin to working at a frat house and that women who were not quote-unquote huge gamers or core gamers and not into the party scene were excluded and treated as outsiders. Okay, so and so anyone I, who worked there who wasn't a huge gamer is probably treated a little bit of as an outsider. I don't see necessarily anything too wrong with that. And even the uh, even hiring based on looks, uh, that's just how the world works. They've already done studies on this. Whether you're a man or you're a woman, the better looking you are, your chance of getting hired is way higher. So mm-hmm. we can cry about that all we want, but that's just the way the world is. But with these guys making drunken advances and stuff, yeah, they sound like shitty people. Yeah. And even though I'm sure they were fairly intoxicated and that's, that is, it's not, it's not a hundred percent of an excuse, but it is a little bit of an excuse. Like if you're intoxicated and it doesn't, depends on how intoxicated, but you shouldn't do that no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, doing that to your, the people who work for your company, whether you're drunk or not is, is messed up, especially if you're doing it over and over again. But if he was sober, he probably wouldn't have done it, but it doesn't really matter. Like, yeah. If you, and and it's like not even that part. big of a deal, like grabbing someone. I guess he grabbed her to go to his room, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it also depends, like, if, is, he, is he serious? Is he pushy? Is he just, if, are they in the middle of a conversation and it's a joke? Like, he's like, oh, I love that we love the same video games. And he's like, come with me. And is it like half jokey or is it like weird and perverted? I do think that that kind of matters. Like, is he a creep mm-hmm. or is he just a happy drunk fucking around? I think those things do matter. Sure. It's, it's inappropriate either way, but how yeah. inappropriate is it? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anyway. So I, I wanted to read those ones um, because they really, those last couple really put forward how aware of this stuff uh, Brack was. And then so I'll read, you know, so then he sent out an internal email to all the employees. Oh, and, I'll, and I'm not going to read the whole thing because whatever, but it was, I personally have a lot of emotions coming out of yesterday. Allegations and the hurt of current and former employees are extremely troubling. See, you know, it goes without saying, it's completely unacceptable for anyone at the company to face discrimination. It goes without saying, or no, he says it goes with saying, it goes with saying that everyone should feel safe. And, and so then he goes on like that, you know, it's all the, the standard kind of PRE things. Um, but then he says, back. When I talked with Bobby, and that's, of course, uh, Kotick, about taking this job, one of the first things I mentioned was a revered saint of the Brack household, Gloria Steinem. Growing up, the value of women as equals, understanding the work they had done for equal treatment, and the fact that there was still much to do were common themes. And so while this is all, and he goes on to say he disdains bro culture and all this stuff. But um, and again, but I just think that these things almost kind of hurt whenever he says, oh, one of the first things I brought up to Bobby Kotick was Gloria Steinem before I was hired. It's like, no, you didn't. That didn't happen. <laughs> What's that even mean? <laughs> what do you what do you mean one of the, one of the first, why, why does that mean anything I'm, I'm, I'm missing something yeah as when I, when I first talked to Bobby about taking this job one of the first things I mentioned was a revered saint of the Brack household Gloria Steinem Glo- growing up the value of women as equals understanding the work that had been done for equal treatment and the fact that there was still much to do were common themes so I guess he just means when he was hired he made sure before he took the job he wanted to know from Bobby Kotick that, that, that women were going to be treated equally and everything and and again i just really highly doubt that that even happened <laughs> before i take this job yeah, do, I mean, do you know gloria steinem is it a complaint that only 20 percent of the workplace is women i mean that seems like a lot <laughs> yeah i don't know if it's a in a video game not, world in a video game setting sure yeah i don't know if it's a complaint or not but i know that the uh the um, document definitely mentions it but uh you know it doesn't seem like a lot but it seems on average about right 
that's probably the actual skew to hardcore male to video gamers from male to female is probably about one in five. I'd say that sounds probably about right. So I don't know, because a lot of people want to push for that. Like, there needs to be more women. Why? <laughs> what, what if they're less interested? Like, why is there, why does mostly men work here? Well, if 10 of the applicants are men and to every one woman, that's probably why, because more sure. men play video games. Like, what are you complaining about? Like, like, like having equality in order to push certain looks at the company, I mean, you're just fucking over other men who are maybe more capable who now can't get in because you have to hire so many women or so many whatever, pick your minority. It just seems ridiculous to me that that's a focus instead of hiring the best people, hiring based on looks. Mm -hmm. Although then it's a complaint if you hire based on looks, if they're good looking. Sure. <laughs> right. There needs so, to be more ugly people here. More uggos. See, I just wanted to re read that to give uh, some voice to, you know, the Activision in the Brack side. Don't of course, you, you know, the lawsuit alleges that he knew about it and a bunch of people knew about it, that no one was doing anything. And even during the investigation, they they refused to cooperate. And then Brack Don't saying, oh, no, we cooperated. And it's them who's being unprofessional. So uh, all, the, all the basic stuff there. Yeah. He said, so, she said. He said, she said. Um, so... We can wrap this up here pretty soon. I wanted to read also Chief Compliance Officer Frances Townsend. And I thought this was neat because she was the former Homeland Security Advisor for old George W. back from 2004 to 2007. But now she's the Chief Compliance Officer at Activision. And so Frances, she said in an internal email, I believe, she says, as the ex executive sponsor of the ABK em Employee Women's Network and our chief compliance officer, I wanted to reach out to you. I know it's been difficult. A recently filed lawsuit presented a distorted and untrue picture of our company, including factually incorrect, old, and out-of-context stories, some from more than a decade ago. And then she goes on to say things like, yeah, that's not who we are today. I'm proud to be a part of a company. We're going to change things and investigate and everything. But so yeah, hers came off, her statement came off kind of, a little aggressive too, a little angry. Yeah. Well, it would be annoying to have to work or be in charge, be a high up at this company, or even just work for the company in general. Have to deal with all of these random complaints that are, like I said, I'm sure some of them have merit, but I would say probably even most of them probably don't. And I don't know for sure, but I just know from my experience working in the industry and seeing where the culture is going is that people tend to over-victimize themselves Especially when they're not getting the money that they want, they think mm -hmm. they deserve. But some of this stuff is definitely fucked up with the sexual harassment stuff and the oh yeah suicide. But then the with the stuff that comes to hiring and uh, treating people based on if they're a hardcore gamer or not or differently, it's like well, of course, if you work in a gaming company and you don't really play video games, people are probably going to talk to you less. They have less to talk to you about. That's what people talk about. In a video game uh, company setting, like you go to lunch, you talk about video games, you go back to work, you do your work while playing video games if you're in QA or whatever you're doing. Uh, I mean, that's what it actually drove me nuts working for video game companies where it was like, man, is that all you people talk about is video games? <laughs> like, I want to talk about something else. Yeah, Blizzard co-founder and ex-CEO Mike Morhaime said a bunch of things condemning it all and how he was sad about it. So, um yeah, so I, I think that's uh, I think it's about enough to get the full picture here. Um, yeah, and even know. with like the Riot well, Games 
people doing the walkout and stuff, that just reminds me of like BLM marches. It just seems like people have the wrong statistics and they're protesting over the wrong things. I'm not saying that black lives don't matter, by the way. Of course they matter. But the police brutality being... being The statistics don't show that black people were targeted any more than white people. In fact, they show that unarmed white people, based on interactions, are shot and murdered more than black people. But we can't talk about that. No one wants to talk about that. And it seems like these types of issues, a lot of these issues being brought up, like the riot, walkout, protest... I mean, I could be wrong, but it seems to me it's a bunch of people trying to find meaning in protesting and trying to like be like, I'm standing up for the marginalized and the women. But it's like, is it really that bad? Is there even really a problem? Or are you just making a bigger issue out of things because you don't really understand what's going on? That's kind of how I feel about the riot case. And they did end up paying like, was it like 10 million or something a couple years ago to kind of just end this shit and get people to shut up about it but mm-hmm. yeah 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 before we move on i have a couple closing ideas but just that so we say that we didn't do it and we'll read a couple more of the specifics of what was going on just just that so we know before we move on so um female employees were also not promoted because of defendants discriminatory discriminatory practices against pregnant female employees a female employee working on one game team had assumed one of the had assumed some of the responsibilities of a manager, but when she asked her male supervisor about being fairly paid for the work she was actually doing and promoted into that position, the manager commented that they could not risk promoting her as she might get pregnant and like being a mom too much. In general, female employees were further treated negatively. That sounds like that might have been a joke on his part. I don't know. In general, female employees were further treated negatively due to their pregnancy. Supervisors ignored medical restrictions given to female employees and gave them negative evaluations while they were out on maternity leave. Other female employees reported that they were criticized for leaving to pick up their children from daycare while their male counterparts were playing video games. Female employees were kicked out of uh, lactation rooms so employees could use the rooms for meetings. And then lastly... Women of color were particularly vulnerable targets of defendants' discriminatory practices. An African-American employee noted that it took her two years to be made into a permanent employee while employee while men hired after her were made permanent employees. She also was micromanaged such that her male co-workers were known to be playing video games without any intervention by her supervisor, but her supervisor would call and check on her if she took a break to go on a walk. Another African-American employee who worked on information technology was similarly micromanaged by her manager, unlike the men on her team. When she requested time off of her work, her manager made her write a one-page summary of how she would spend that time off of work when no one else had to do any such write-up. The male supervisor also criticized her body language despite male counterparts slouching in meetings, and she was scolded for asking for assistance while others could get help on similar tasks without the same criticism. And yeah, so that was it. Yeah, the well, the first one, the first African American woman, not being promoted, uh, who gives a shit? That doesn't prove any racism. Doesn't prove any prejudice. Again, there's there's so there. much stuff we don't there's so much stuff we don't understand about that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would agree. Just just claiming that because a, a black person didn't get promoted, it's automatically racism or something like they, oh no, black people have it harder. That seems to me to be probably bullshit. Um, at the last company I worked at, there were people getting promoted in front of this lady who had worked there for years. And uh, the thing is, they were getting promoted ahead of her because they were better than her. And then eventually she started 
like literally crying sometimes at work because she was having a hard time financially. And then she eventually they just they took her and they made her like an assistant and they moved her up. And even though there were other people who were better and I was offended by that. But she was a friend at the time, so I was like, okay, whatever. The problem was, and this has nothing to do with this. This is my own personal story. Mm-hmm. The problem was she had a huge power trip and started treating people like shit once she was like ahead of everyone. I was like, it was like a different person. It was really weird. And I talked uh, about her like a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, I think. But she's the reason why a bunch of us good people quit. We were like, fuck this. We're out of here. Anyway. Yeah. Just because you're not getting promoted doesn't have, might not have anything to do with your sex or skin color. Maybe you suck. Never forget that. <laughs> um, always keep that in mind. Maybe I suck because that will always <laughs> convince you to try harder. Uh huh. I uh, I deal with that a lot. Uh, my therapist says I myself I suck too much. She would say, but uh, she says I'm too hard on myself. But uh, and I told her what you were saying too about how like well that can be a good thing too because we because at least we want to be better and and. Uh, She's like, yeah, a little bit of both, she said. <laughs> but anyway, um, I wanted to read uh, the part about the African-American women because uh, I won't name it, but I, I saw a particular thing on Twitter that someone had screen capped that part and then shared it and used that as a jumping off point again to attack cis white men as if as if it's like, oh, this is why cis white men are, are the problem because, you know, African-American women aren't getting promoted and stuff and and that, uh-huh. that that's just the kind of Twitter response that I thought was incredibly unfair and uninformed. And so those are, I just want to bring that up to mention that those are the kind of responses that I think that we're trying to, you know, shine a light on how that's probably not fair or appropriate, those kind of reactions to, to things like this. And that's why I really wanted to break yeah, this there, down and, and talk through it kind of bit by bit. Yeah, I mean, there was a dude, there was a black dude who we, I worked with at my last job as well, who ended up being laid off after the first game he worked on. And I remember being at lunch or somewhere with him where he also brought this up of like the company being like racist or something because they weren't keeping him. And I was like, dude, they lay off 90% of their white people just because you're black and you're not, you're being laid off doesn't mean it's because you're black. Mm-hmm. And it's, it really infuriates me because, I mean, it's kind of sad that people have this victim mentality where they're, they're always looking and always on the, always on the watch for this kind of stuff, even when it's not true. But, uh, he was cool, cool dude, but it was like, man, why are you even? Why would you even bring that up? It's like most people who work here are white, maybe like thirty to forty percent are Asian, a couple black people, but like you know, they lay off a ton of Asian people, they lay off a ton of white people. It's has nothing to do with this. It's just how good you are at the job and and your attitude, and that's mostly why people stick around or not don't stick around. Yeah. All that said, I think we pretty much talked through that pretty good. So. We can pivot a little bit, and we don't we don't have to talk about this too much. But uh, you know, coming off of this, do we, you know, touching on the ethical purchasing conversation, do we continue to support Activision Blizzard games, or are we boycotting them like all the Twitter activist people? Well, I'm not, especially because a lot of this stuff is old, and even if it comes, if it proves to be true, if it's ten years old, why would I boycott it now? If they've changed in the last three to five years. Well, then isn't that the progress that you wanted? Why would you boycott it now? Yeah. Uh, and I'm too big of a Blizzard, I'm too big of a Hearthstone fan to boycott that ever. I will never boycott that. Yeah, you Because if I had any scruples, I would boycott it already over over China stuff because that stuff is messed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love Hearthstone, so. Yeah, I agree. The, Sorry. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> the whole 
ethical purchasing thing. It's it's impossible. I think uh, the majority of these people saying that they're done with Activision Blizzard are full of shit. I, I'm sure by the end of the year they'll be getting Diablo 2 remake or whatever. They'll be buying. Yeah. They'll be buying the next Call of Duty. They'll be buying Overwatch 2. And all these people saying that they're done with Activision. It's just. Yeah, I have a feeling a lot of people saying it are just people who don't play their games anyway. <laughs> yeah, that could that could also be. Yeah, so there was another Blizzard story about how uh, it just came out recently, but it's like hardly even relevant compared to the uh, to the lawsuit. So don't have to get into it. But just to, to summarize it, basically they were taking pre-order money for Warcraft Three Reforged while knowing that the game wasn't and was not going to be ready for launch, but they just kept all the pre-order money anyway, and then released a broken game and just kept everyone's money. So if there's if there's something that makes me hesitate to buy the Diablo 2 remake it's that it's that right I, yeah, I, I saw that headline but I didn't read about it what was broken about it do you know I don't know the specifics because I didn't play even the original one very much but I guess just there's just a lot of like shit I guess it just didn't run well um I think there were some yeah. some animations and functions that were that were broken and and things like that It goes slightly off off of some it's 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 some, somewhat in line with this but I've been thinking about this recently because it's really been making me angry. I, I, I use the word angry too much. It's not really angry. It's more of like annoyed. Uh-huh. But like the dude, there was like a developer for Days Gone who tweeted like, well, if you people would have bought our game at full price when it first came out, maybe we'd be making a sequel. <laughs> and I think, I like, man, what a dickhead thing to say. Like, yeah. Number one, you released a broken game and had a ton of bugs. And that's why you got bad reviews because you released a game that wasn't ready yet. And you didn't even have New Game Plus or Survival Mode yet, which is w- what I wanted. I wanted Survival Mode. It wasn't even in the game. For- so, by, yeah, by the time I bought it, it was on sale for like 40 or something. But, like, you, you released a half-assed game with a ton of bugs, and you blame your fans? Like, fuck you. Like, that's how I felt about it. It really bothered me. Like, making up excuses of why you're not getting, getting to make another one. Anyway, go on. Well, that was about it. I was just saying that if, uh, if anything stops me from getting the Diablo 2 remake, it's going to be the waiting for reviews instead of picking up day one just to make sure that everything works and it's worth getting. I think it'll be, I mean, they're just reskinning an old game. I think it'll be fine. It's not going to, I don't think it'll be that buggy. That's what people you thought know, of Warcraft 3. From, the thing that would stop me from buying it is if uh, they changed a bunch of shit and I was like, this isn't Diablo 2 anymore. Uh, but I don't think, this look like they're adding some quality of life changes, I guess, from what I read. Yeah. Like it auto picks up gold and shit. What they should do is make that an option where you can turn it not make it mandatory. Anyway, yeah, no, it is an option. I think they are adding that as as a default thing that the auto gold pick up, but from what I read that is an option that you can turn on or off. Uh same with yeah. same with like holding alt or whatever to like highlight all the things, all the uh-huh. items on the ground. You you can still set that as an option. Say that like classic classically as well, which I'm going to do. All right. But yeah. Good. Yeah, some of that I, some of that I definitely do want cla- I mean, I don't need to click for every fucking piece of gold. Right. So I'm somewhat happy to see that, but but for holding an alt for the items, uh, yeah, I don't want those names up on the screen all the time. So, it sounds like they're trying to be so exact that they even took some feedback and went back in and made the lightning more white instead of blue because it appeared like more white in the original Boy. game. <laughs> so, like, okay. So, so apparently that that's how accurate they're trying to make it. So, you know, besides like you said, the quality of life and like some like UI changes. Uh, yeah, so it sounds like they're trying to make it yeah, be pretty one to one. Yeah, that's good. I'm excited for that. I'm I'm definitely going to buy that day one. Uh, but going back to boycotting a company, like I don't know what it would take for me to boycott a company. I would probably it would probably take the opposite of what's going on now. It would probably take some crazy woke shit to go. I'm not <laughs> buying your shit anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Did you have anything else to say about the case in general? 
We, we talked no, about it somewhat here and there, but do you have any like ultimate like opinions or? I feel like there's a lot here that does paint a pretty bad picture of a pretty, uh, you know, oppressive culture for women. Um, I don't know, like you said, how pervasive in the company it truly is. Uh, we'll have to see. But but at the same time, it's will we even see whenever this goes to court, how much of it is going to be made public? Will we even know? Will we just see that they paid out some money and then that's all, the only information we get from this? Who knows? But like we said, I, I generally, there's a lot of damning and horrible shit in here. And for any of the women who were victims, you know, that sucks. You shouldn't have to deal with that, especially not at work. But also I, I do lean to let's try to temper our personal opinions and, and wait and see the jury if it comes to that, what they do find out what what Activision Blizzard's defense is and what they had to say about it. I mean, obviously, they're, they're denying it, as they would. But So, yeah, it's, I guess my general thought would be yeah. support people and workplaces should be not places where people need to be harassed and oppressed and stuff. I, I, almost, wonder if, I almost wonder if it would have been better for them to just focus more on the, on the harassment aspect of it than trying to lump all of it in as a yeah. together. Right. Because cause like you said, some of the workplace promotional retaliatory stuff I think is going to be much maybe harder to prove than in like the wage things than maybe the harassment. But I know yeah. even in my, my own experience at work during my, my day job, my supervisor one time, and it wasn't a big deal, but it was kind of weird because it had to do with my mom. But uh, <laughs> mom took off to take the cat to the vet. He goes, oh, yeah. Oh, you're, there's your mom's off there, yeah? Some problem with her pussy. And <laughs> you're, you're with the cat. And, was, and of course, I, you know, like I, I chuckled. I was like, oh, yeah, I should thank the cat at the vet. And, but uh, just just the fact that he's talking about my mom's pussy kind of made me uncomfortable. <laughs> I was like, eh, like, uh. Yeah, of course. Why would you ever say that? I know. Just to a son of the, <laughs> of the, of the pussy involved. So, <laughs> so that was weird. And then just recently... Is the, he like... Is he kind of crude or like? Not normally, no. No, he's normally fairly professional. So I, oh, that's weird. I don't know why he did that. Yeah, I don't know why he said that. Just couldn't help himself. Just really had to say that. Just couldn't help himself. He, uh, uh, some of my friends at work, coworkers, joked about like apparently one time, a couple summers ago, he he started telling them about how he does woodworking and how he carved this big wooden dick, and he was going <laughs> on about how proud of this like very shapely wooden dick he made was, and so they bring that up sometimes. So even though he's generally pretty good at work apparently he is he, he lets it come out sometimes that he likes giant oh come on can you can you expect a man to be flawless <laughs> talking about dicks and vaginas if you work with him for like eight to nine hours a day can you expect him to never talk about a dick or a vagina <laughs> come on you're asking for too much come on um and then and a mom was saying about it too that you know, she got called in for overtime to like you know like a spill and so she had like these rain boots on you know, because there's water all over the floor. She didn't want to slip or get her regular shoes wet. And that, so the guy above this supervisor that I was talking about that said the pussy thing said something about, oh, oh, you just look so good in those boots or whatever. And like got his phone out to take a picture of her. And she's like, no, don't, don't take a picture of me. Cause you know, she's, no, I'm, I'm all sweaty. I I just came in. I didn't put makeup on. I don't take a picture of me. But he goes, no, no, it's funny. I want to show the guys. And so he like, he took his phone out and he, and he took a picture of her and, and she said, like, again, it's not a big deal, but she's like, it, it, oh, I didn't want him to take the picture, and it was weird, and it made me uncomfortable. So these things do yeah, happen really weird. everywhere. Like, yeah, there's a bunch of, there's definitely a bunch of clueless, clueless men who do 
stupid shit and think it's harmless. That's definitely a thing. Mm -hmm. But you said about it, yeah, about it being a generational thing earlier too. And and I thought about this because small town PA, a lot of these people did grow up together. They went to high school together, and just like casual work flirting is something that I see happen all the time. You know, the girls will do to the guys. Guys are like, oh yeah. I mean, even married people, like not real flirting. It's just like, that's just how they joke. And that's just kind of like they're, you know, that's how they interact with each other. And you know, these kind of yeah. old, old pervy guys make kind of jokes. And the girls, the, the ladies half the time, they'll give it right back or they'll say something just as pervy. And it's just. Right. And, but so it, then people get used to each other or people, people get used to the people who can take the jokes and then they do it to people who can't take the jokes. And then that's where there's a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know the last job I worked at, it wasn't that much flirting. Everyone was really good at the company. Although there was one girl who was always hanging out the uh, QA lead. And I was like, bitch, you trying to like weasel your way into getting like put on off of contract and on the full time? Because that's what it seemed like. Bitch. But yeah, taking a picture of like our mom. Hey, I just, just want to take this picture so I can make fun of you with my friends. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like you're a dick. Yeah, especially because she was in on overtime. She didn't even have to go in. And then you had to like you know do that and be weird and uncomfortable it's just so even though these are like small you know arguably small things i mean it does happen it happens all the time and uh so we'll just have to see if how pervasive it really was in activision or if or if this was kind of just kind of related incidents or or small yeah. things that happened so but well, but again it remains to be seen we'll have to see what they figured out in court like i like i said i'm sure, sure some of the, some of the stuff sounds like they can't really deny it mm -hmm. that's a drunk guy flirting with people i don't really see how you that's probably true. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, it seems and to be. So there's no getting out of that. But at the same time, if it, if it was 10 years ago and Blizzard already said, hey, we already addressed these misconducts. Like, we've already taken care of this. Mm -hmm. So, like, what do you what do you want them to do? Right. Especially if their culture is way different now, then it's over. Why why bring up stuff that's 10 years old? Just just because you know that the culture is going woke and you, you can scam some easy money out of people who have <laughs> a bunch of money. Uh-huh. I, I, I haven't seen yet in this case because i can't remember if it was the riot thing or, or what or maybe if it was uh some some people on the inside of ubisoft whenever they were uh you know a lot of the misconduct were coming out about the ubisoft heads as well but i haven't seen any of the responses coming out yet of people on the inside like women specifically saying oh no this isn't my experience it i i worked here for x number of years and and i never ran into any of this stuff because sometimes you do see those people that come out and yeah and so maybe i just Maybe I haven't uh, been paying attention the last couple of days. Maybe some of those people have come out, but I haven't seen it. So I would be curious to see if anyone, if any ladies on the inside, besides the couple higher ups that did make statements, um, if anyone comes out and, and kind of speaks against this in their experience. So what's we'll right? See. Yeah, I'll have to wait and see. So, Are you done with this? I think that's it. I think. Oh boy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, now what? Talk about a couple of video games real quick. Yeah. And then. Uh, Call it a day so I can go eat breakfast at uh, two in the afternoon. <laughs> yes, yeah, I got the, I have the, um, my uh, my liege is expecting me to do some squirely things on Kingdom Come, so I gotta go as well. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, so um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about what we've been playing, and you want to kick it off? If I have to. Well, like I said earlier, I thought I've been playing a bunch of shit. Some of it's new, but uh, I just focus on Returnal today. I uh, started playing it, I think, two Fridays ago, and then finished it one Friday later, I believe. It took me a week to finish. And uh, 
So I finished with a total playtime of 18 and a half hours and only 15 deaths, which I was proud of. Ooh. It's definitely a difficult game, but it it gets as you unlock more weapons, the weapons make it easier, for sure. And then obviously getting used to the uh animations of the enemies and, and the type of projectiles they shoot at you. But I don't know, what's fifteen deaths and six biomes? That's like less than three deaths per biome. Uh-huh. I mean I heard some people it took like two hundred and fifty hours to platinum it. And last night I got the Last night I got the first trophy for collecting all of the collectibles in the first biome, so I only have a, a, a small handful of trophies left, and mm. I'm maybe 25 hours in, so I don't... Shit! So someone wow. taking 250 hours on Reddit was like, Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even even other uh, you know commentators and stuff that I've heard talk about it, I think I've been hearing like at least like 50 hours for a lot of these people, or for, well, a, lot of, I, I think for so. a lot of... Yeah, I have heard some of these biomes for the collectibles are more of a pain in the ass than the others, so it's possible that some of these are really shitty to, to find. Yeah, I mean, not even just uh, for the trophies, but I mean, just completing the game. You know, I, I've, oh, heard, yeah, I think, I, I've heard people say like 40, 50 hours, so that's that's impressive for you to, I would say. Like, from everything yeah, I've think, heard, you've definitely gotten through it the, the fastest. <laughs> yeah, well, this game, like, it really challenged my brain in, in all kinds of ways that... I want out of a video game even like so you start with one bar of health and if you have full so you there are little health pickups these little green things called I, I don't know silphium something like that solidium something like that so if you pick them up and you're down health it will give you obviously to refill your health but if you're at full health and you pick them up it gives you like a stack towards maximizing giving you a max a new, an increase in your health yeah which is really interesting because then you have to decide do I want to let this health sit here and then come back later and pick it up if I lose health? Or do I pick it up now and add to my total health? Okay. Like, what do I want to do? So there's like risk reward in every little thing that you do. Like, should I pick up this new weapon that has this secondary fire and these bonus stats? Or should I keep what I have because I'm already used to, like I'm in tune with, I'm in the zone with my current weapon. So every, every, like, every little thing is a risk reward. And there, there are these little things called parasites that give you one buff and one debuff. So you, if you find these things and you decide, do I want to pick this up or do I not want to? It gives me, it increases my health, but then every enemy that I kill leaves behind a pool of acid. And that sucks because every enemy you kill, you want to run up as quick as you can and pick up the currency for the game mm -hmm. that you use to buy items and, and uh, artifacts, which are like buffs, whereas parasites are like one buff, one debuff. Okay. So you don't really want that pool of acid around because you'll run into it all the goddamn. It's real annoying. So the whole game, you're micromanaging every little. De there's decisions to be made everywhere, and uh, yeah, I loved it. I love things like. And then when you mix that with like a bullet hell gameplay where you have to have quick reflexes, and then even it's like an enemy will shoot something at you, and if it's blue or pink, you can like you know okay, based on the color, I know I can dodge through it. If it's purple, you can't dodge through it. You have to like jump over it or avoid it. So you're paying attention to the enemies. You're paying attention to where they're at because if they get close, they'll swing at you. You're paying attention to their projectiles and what color they are. You're paying attention to what items are laying around and when to use them and when to pick them up. It's just like your brain is kind of on an overload of like constant attention. It requires you to pay attention to every little thing. And uh, I loved it. I was completely engaged the whole time. The thing is like, once I finished the game and I unlocked all of the weapons, 
I would go on these little runs to find collectibles, and after an hour, my health would be would be built up by like fifty percent, and I, I couldn't die. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna run room to room, not even fight things, let them hit me if they want, and just look for these collectibles. And and I found like I wanted to turn the game off, but I was like, I'll turn it off after I die. And then it's like I played like another two hours for the same run, <laughs> and I'm like, man, I'm so mentally fatigued because I don't want to play this anymore. But I just, but it's like I've already built up. I, I don't want to just turn it off now because I've already put time into like taking all of these enemies' hits and building up my defense. Uh, and I found it was actually hard for me to die sometimes. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> God damn it. But uh, yeah, I love it. It reminds me of, if once you jump in for the first time, it reminds you of Dark Souls because it throws all of this new shit at you and doesn't tell you what it is. Like you'll, you'll find these stone slabs and it's like, hey, if you use this, it's going to damage your integrity, which is your health. But maybe you'll get a benefit out of it. And it's like, what does that mean? So you either have to read up about it or just try it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of stuff like that where you're just spending your currency and your, your ether, which is like a permanent currency that carries between runs. You'll find that you'll just be using it. And just, I guess I'll just see what it does because I don't really know right. <laughs> but that's also what's appealing to it is it just it's mysterious and just pulls you in. And yeah. it's uh it's really amazing. That's yeah, great. I, I definitely... uh. I was always curious in it, but wasn't in a hurry to play it. But now I think I, I want to bump it up and play it so that we can talk about it more. I can maybe send you my copy when I'm done. Or it's on sale right now, but I think it's like 50 bucks on the PlayStation Store. Yeah, if you finish it and you're done and you want to send it my way, I'll take it. Um, um, yeah, so if I I didn't talk too much about it, but I don't want to like spoil things either. The story is awesome. It goes into like the... Whenever you... The story elements... I'll pull you into first person and they, and they all take a place in like the same part of either biome one or biome four. And the first time you come across this area, this room, you're like, fuck is this? This is so weird. And it, it reminds you a bit of, um, what the hell's that movie with the black hole in the bookshelves that I fucking can't stand that goddamn ending. <laughs> the Christopher Nolan movie with space. Oh, the space one. Interstellar. Interstellar. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of that where it pulls this really weird shit that has to do do with your past and it also has to do with space and all of this weird shit tying together. Mm-hmm. But the first-person elements are really cool. I, like, because I heard some people complain about the story. Like, I don't know if this, this was weird and didn't need to be there. I was like, I loved it. I thought it was awesome that they broke, they broke the gameplay with these five to ten minute chunks of FPS story gameplay. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I think it was really awesome. I mean, if I had to rate it... I'd probably give it like a nine out of ten. Part of me wants to give it higher than that, but I feel like I feel like it's not really. A, I wouldn't. I would say it's not. It doesn't feel like a seventy dollars game to me. But it might be because I finished it so quickly. Um, but even if you do finish it, if you want to see the final act of the story, you have to play through one more time. You don't have to beat the bosses again, but you have to go through each level and find these pieces. Okay. And put them together. So if you want to see the whole story, you do have to play through like one and a half times, let's say. Uh-huh. Um, and then if you want all the trophies, that's a lot more hours. So there's, there is a reason to, to go back and play. However, like I said, finding the collectibles is kind of boring. And it, it can be, if you build yourself up too much, once you get good at the game, it's like, it always becomes, sometimes I thought it was even too easy. Even when you go back to the boss and once you finish it the first time, if, even if you don't build your health up, I think, once you have the right weapon, you can just go back there. If you have, like, one healing item, you can kind of dominate the shit. It's not too hard. Interesting. Um, 
Yeah. Especially like there's like six biomes and like two of them are definitely reskins of each other and one of them is still kind of a reskin of the others. So it feels like, is this really a $70 game? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would say it's kind of not. I would say maybe more of a $50 game, like the price it is now feels more correct. Yeah. Yeah, that, that seems, I mean, just from what I know on the outside, it, it seems to me that 50 is maybe probably where they should have started. But, uh, so I never played a lot of Housemark besides, of course, I loved Resogun. We loved that back in the day. And then and then we, we used to dick around with, uh, was it Zombie Nation? Alien Nation? Did they do both? Oh, Alien Nation, yeah. Alien Nation. Yeah, yeah I think they did both. Yeah, because I think they were like the same thing. Just one was zombies and one was aliens. But um, yeah, so yeah, I I always love their the super arcadiness of their games, and so and so I guess you're saying that that's it's pretty alive and well here with Resogun, even on top of the kind of more modernizing it with a with a stronger narrative and and stuff like that. Does it still feel? Does it still have yeah. those like arcadey bullet hell kind of elements in the combat? Yeah, definitely. I was surprised that they could find a way to make that fit into a 3D environment. I mean, Zombie Nation and Alien Nation are 3D environments, but they're top-down, so not really. Right, they're still just but, uh, isometric twin-stick shooter things. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised that they were able to take that bullet hell element and put it into like this third-person, like true 3D experience uh, where it feels fast-paced and it feels good. Yeah, they did a really good job of it. Uh, I like it. It's my favorite game that they've done. Yeah, I loved Resogun, and I liked Alienation, I think, better than Zombie Nation. But uh, this is my favorite game that I've played of theirs. I know, here's the thing, is like I just found out that they did a game called Next Machina, and I had never even heard of it until this week. And I was watching a video of it, and I was like, wow, this looks like Smash TV. And then I read about it, and like they hired the dude who made Smash TV to work on it. And I was like, wow, this game is right up my alley like and some people like this more than um returnal i haven't i haven't started it yet but i'm excited to get into it because it looks really cool and if you have mm-hmm. a pc and you're interested you can get it on like g2a.com people are selling it for like two dollars oh shit instead of 20 so oh. like that's how i got it oh i won't even do that myself then because yeah i've also heard i've i've heard it mentioned like on uh you know various podcasts or whatever but i've never known much about it myself either wasn't that the game that they made they came out and said like arcade's dead bah. do you, you know about that oh i don't know maybe this was in 27 this came out in 2017 okay yeah i think that was the game that came I, out didn't sell and then they were like arcade's dead we're not doing this anymore oh they said that yeah, yeah and then they made matterfall and nobody bought that either i think or maybe it was matterfall that they made that statement for then but either way yeah well that, well that's cool because uh yeah Returnal's awesome because it's like it has the bullet hell elements but at the same time there are environmental factors as well. Like you're trying not to fall off of pits or in pits of lava or off of the edge of the level while you're dodging all of this shit. Uh-huh. And then sometimes you use the walls. Sometimes you'll, you'll go and hide behind a wall to help dodge the bullets that are coming at you. So yeah, so it has like a bullet hell element plus with these new, an actual 3D environment. And then you're using all, you're paying attention to all of this at once. It's really awesome. Yeah, that's cool. That was one thing that um, I found fun with, uh, near automata was whenever an enemy has range they shoot out like these big like kind of like you're saying like, purple bubbles uh as like as like their bullets so that you can clearly see and so you can clearly dodge around them and they'll, they'll shoot them out in certain patterns and stuff but with that game you could like it was the same thing there were ones that you could like 
that you could shoot with your own gun and destroy the other projectiles, and there were ones that you would have to dodge through. But yeah. but it still wasn't wasn't as like in depth or as kind of fun or demanding as it sounds like Returnal handles that because it was kind of just like one aspect of the of of the combat in near. But it sounds like that yeah it, it has yeah it's a lot more yeah near is really good. I mean that was my favorite part of near was like the boss battles that had kind of bullet hell elements and then like this. Mm-hmm. Or you like kind of, kind of like flying a spaceship sometimes that had bullet hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are my favorite parts of that game. So yeah, this is more in. This is more. Well, this is like a roguelike, so it's a bit more hardcore. Right. And uh, and uh, yeah, just like I said, you pay attention to every little thing that's on the map. It's uh, it does demand a lot out of you. So I understand people think it's hard, but I think that's also why i started playing it and just five minutes in i just felt like holy shit this is totally for me i was like in love immediately <laughs> yeah and i wasn't expecting that i was really surprised yeah that, that really makes me want to play it and i i can't wait to jump in it reminds me a lot of i did before i started playing near i beat hades and that was kind of my first real like roguelike experience as far as actually getting through like getting into anything of substance i'm sure i've tried other ones you know and just never really did got you play rogue open. legacy no never played that oh really you need to play that because that's one of my favorites oh yeah okay is that the one where like you every time you start as like a random person with like random stats yeah and like you might you might have some character trait that affects your stats and, and like your run right. pretty much okay yeah every time you you die you start out as something new but then you collect currency and every time you die you can pick if you want to what upgrade certain stats or a weapon or something or buy a new weapon that you can use i think okay. unless i'm mixing that up with another roguelike yeah but yeah after every time you die you take all the currency you earn and then you use it to upgrade so then every time it gets a little easier i never for some reason i actually think i'm gonna go back and, and finish that i know rogue legacy 2 is is out on like early access i think on steam but okay actually i'm, I'm in the mood for that i think i might go back and replay that first one and finally finish it yeah. anyway yeah it's awesome yeah it could be fun so obviously there's some differences i mean a lot of differences between hades and and returnal but some of the similarities being like uh having to worry about the environment as you were saying like lava and stuff the second level of hades is all like because it's kind of like your each level is like a different stage of hell kind of that you're getting out of except it's more it's like it's the greek hell it's not it's not your like your uh your dante's Dante's hell it's not a dante's inferno kind of hell yeah it's so instead of like so it has like uh, Tartarus and then like Elysium is in there. And Elysium's like where all the, it's kind of like Valhalla, except the Greek version of it. But it's just a different layer of of, uh-huh. H- of Hades, the underworld, but like all these ideas. So anyway, the second level is lava. And and so like, especially when you're, if, you, if you're like upgrading your like dodge distance and stuff. And I'm just like dashing all over the screen. And then it, it'll give you like a split second to dash away again if you happen to land in lava. But there's a bunch of there's a bunch of levels where there's a lot of environment things to to consider as well. Obviously, whether it's like a turret or lava, or or what have you. So um, yeah, as much as I enjoyed that, I, I think I would. It sounds like I'd really love Returnal as well, especially with yeah. That and I see that uh, uh, Hades comes out on Game Pass in like a week or two. So I'm, I'll definitely jump in once it comes there. I'll jump in. I haven't played it yet either. Yeah, I definitely recommend giving it a shot. Having played it on a pc though i can't well i guess it's i guess it's like diablo because i was gonna say i almost can't imagine playing it with a controller but then yeah but, well, the, but then diablo pc oh, okay we're well, right okay i guess you could do either one but but then i was gonna say too that 
I can't imagine that now because Diablo 3 did a, such a good job of adapting everything to, yeah. a, to a controller that feels really good. I'm really wondering how Diablo 2 is going to feel on a controller because it's more of a grid-based, right? It's not like... Diablo 3 was kind of like... It's more of like a 3D world where you can run around kind of in any, any direction you want, isn't it? Whereas Diablo 2 was more of like a flat yeah. plane. You can, you can only run at certain angles. Right. Yeah, you're right. Because you're kind of only like they, shooting. Or maybe at they certain... updated that. Maybe they. Because I, well, I mean, maybe? I, I don't I, know. I think we really we. I'm curious to see how how Diablo Two controls with the controller because that yeah so that's doesn't seem the, like it would work right. I know. So that's how the movement is. But then a spell or a projectile would shoot wherever you click. But it seemed like you could still. But but maybe that was just because you're using, in our case, ESDF, which is something I wanted to bring up because no one ever, you know, because it's all WASD and no one ever talks about. Switching, oh, yeah. switching away from that like we do, and how much more sense it makes. But I mean, uh, people need to push the ESDF key configuration more than they do, for sure. I know it is a little bit of a hassle. I know every Wake time up, I start gamers. playing a new PC, <laughs> every time I start playing a new PC game, I'm like, oh, I gotta change all my goddamn buttons. But sometimes it, sometimes it's discouraging. Like I'm not even gonna start. Oh, fuck this game. <laughs> I don't want to change my. I don't want to remap my controls. Uh-huh. Or like so, when I played uh, Cyberpunk, I just used the controller. Because I was like, I don't feel like doing it. I'm just going to plug a controller in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So to have that analog kind of free range of movement is, I think, going to make it feel at least a little different. You know, it's not going to feel exactly the same as mouse and keyboard, but... Yeah. That can, I'm actually like more interested in playing with a keyboard. Yeah, me too. I'll probably do both. Um, I'm sure I'll probably play both ways. Wait, what did I say? What did I just say? So I got a text message and I was like reading the text message in my head and talking at the same time. And I think I might have said it wrong. Oh. I'm more interested in being, I'm more interested in playing with a controller. Uh, that's what I thought. Did I say meant. the opposite of that? Yeah, you, yeah, you said keyboard. I thought you meant controller though. But yeah, okay. So yeah, uh, I'm more interested in playing with a controller if it controls right, if it moves correctly. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure if like because I know Diablo three they never added controller support for Diablo three on PC only for consoles. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I'm not sure if Diablo two if they're doing the same thing or if they're going to allow you to plug a controller in on PC. If not, I might actually think about buying it on console. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, you uh, you think they would, but I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, you'd think, but you think. we will have to see. Yeah, they, they, they do some weird shit. I was thinking, too, before we move on, since I had mentioned Hades, games that we were talking the other week, what would I give a 10 to? And Hades probably comes pretty damn close, honestly. I I didn't think about it at the time, but I the only, the only reason I might not is because even after you beat the final boss then like all these like challenge modes open up and it you're supposed to like go back like set certain challenges and keep playing well i went back through and i beat it like several more times after the after the first time that i completed the game and and beat the final boss and the story just keeps going and going and like i want to know more story stuff but i I don't want to play the game anymore (laughs) it's like so like you, you still have to keep playing and it's like and then you'll get like a little bit of story and then you have to do another like hour run or whatever oh. and then to get a little bit more story it's like well already beat like i wish it would have wrapped up in a better way that i could get some kind of conclusion to the story which yeah there is so you, weren't there, compelled, there you weren't compelled to, to j- jump back in and keep playing you felt you felt like you were done with it well i did i did probably i did probably close to maybe a dozen more runs after after my after initially beating it and because i wanted to keep i wanted to see how things were going to keep moving on narratively and so but but even after you know maybe say 10 or more attempts it's still moving on at such a snail's pace that it's like well 
I'm probably never going to see the see any real conclusion, solid conclusion to the story. So I'm not even gonna try. Cause yeah, cause I didn't, I didn't, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to do those same four levels for, because it is to the point now, and, and this isn't against the game. Maybe it's more me. I know what my play style is by this point. I know what works for me and what's successful. And I'm so I'm just, it's so I'm not like learning new things every run or like feeling encouraged to like explore a different mode because if you want to keep tacking on more challenges and getting more points you're you're doing that with whatever play style in mind that you're comfortable with to k- keep making that harder and so i'm not really yeah, get, i'm not i'm not getting anything very rewarding from doing any more runs besides just a little bit of narrative at the end yeah what do you think your total gameplay time was to finish it oh shoot i can't even say to finish it probably maybe 25 30 ish to finish if i if i had to say so longer than returnal yeah yeah (laughs) definitely and then like i said i I did play i put at least 10 at least 10 hours into it after that just doing more runs and stuff but but again when it just it gets more repetitive whenever i feel less compelled to experiment with different things because i just i just want to get to the end and beat the boss and get the next story bit and so, yeah. and so, if uh, I guess if I were to criticize something, it would be that. So I might drop it to like a nine, eight, <laughs> or something, just because I never got an end of the damn story. But other than that, yeah. it's, it's like a perfect game. I mean, I can't. Other than uh, that, I can't really think of anything wrong with it. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's I'm, awesome. I know a lot of people love it, so it seems like I really need to jump into that and try it because mm-hmm. yeah, everyone loves it so much. It was actually like universally loved. Yes, and rightfully so. And it's extra special for me too because. Because again, I, I had mentioned it was the first time that I played a game on my PC for a long time, like since WoW Classic. So just being back on mouse and keyboard, having that isometric kind of Diablo style game, it just it felt it felt like coming home in a way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where you belong with the PC master race. Uh-huh. And the, come back, come back to us. Because then I had the I had the new fancy like keyboard, and it makes the lights up the rainbows, it makes the clickety clacks. So like that, just even the the tactileness of playing it just felt good, and and then like uh hearing the music on these like studio monitor speakers was awesome, and all the sound effects, and so just so there there's an experience on top of the actual game itself that made it even more special for me too. So yeah, yeah. If you're just using like TV audio on your console, then you have better sound on your PC if you have special speakers hooked up and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah, it's huge. I really noticed it made it it made it so much better. So. But either way, special game because uh, my friend Clay played it on Switch, and he he beat Hades recently, and it took him way more attempts, I think, than even than I did because that was something I was thinking of whenever you said you beat Returnal so quick compared to what I heard a lot of people doing. I, I beat Hades a lot faster than a couple of my friends did, from what I heard, even though I still felt it took me a while. But um, but uh, but point being, I, I can't imagine playing it on Switch though, with just from. I mean, because I, I think he just uses the Joy-Cons too. He doesn't use a Pro Controller. So having played I mean, Hades on PC with like perfect frames and mouse and keyboard and all this precision shit, I can't imagine playing Hades on a Switch and just having like the lesser frames and like the playing with Joy-Cons. I just I can't imagine that being nearly as as fun. So I you know, do you, you think the mouse and keyboard is more precise for a game like that? Uh, it felt like it for me. Yeah, just because you can do your powers. Much like I was saying with Diablo, wherever you click your cursor is where your powers are shooting. So you can, oh, yeah. so you really can be like much more precise in that in that kind of way, right? Um, yeah, it's the yeah, that's true. So 
Does Returnal... Oh, it does have a dash, you say? Dash mechanics? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that shit's fun. Because that's, that's my... Uh, like, one of my favorite things to do with Hades was... like Because you can talk to different gods and get different bonuses from different gods. And then even... There's ways that you can, like, kind of guarantee what god you're going to find. But even then, you can't guarantee what powers they're going to offer you. But uh, right. But one with Athena is she makes your dash a deflect so that really as long as you're just spamming dash around like constantly you're also deflecting all incoming attacks and so oh, like, it's dashing and deflecting at the same time you can upgrade it to also be a deflect with a specific power yeah huh and 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 so like that was that was like my favorite base thing just to do like straight off the bat is just like oh, let's get deflect for this dash first and foremost and then like shit yeah like there's that. yeah i mean the dashing in returnal was maybe like the most important thing i'm sure probably uh-huh. and there are, there are things called malignancies where like you'll find it's not a tumor a huh so it's not a tumor oh yeah it's not a tumor you'll find um like maybe maybe it's like a health pickup or a health increase and it'll say hey this will uh give you some health back but it's it, it's contaminated with like a malignancy so there's a moderate to very high chance that you're gonna you're gonna catch a malignancy and what that does is Aids. it gives you a random like debuff, like you can't use dash or you can't pick up new weapons. Ooh, okay. And so those are really huge risk reward things where you'll find a chest that has a weapon in it or an item and you'll be like, man, I need this now, but it's, it's a malignant chest. So it'll, uh, you, you're, t- you're taking a risk at getting a, uh, one of these malignancies that, but then there's like a thing that where you can cure it, where it'll be like kill 15 weapons or find an artifact or something like that pick up two parasites to get rid of this debuff basically right so those are really cool and i haven't found most of them to be too much of a bother it seems like like you can cure them or you can find an item that'll be cure all malignancies that you have you'll find an item like take them all away uh-huh. um but there are some that suck where it's like every chest you open you lose health and it's like fuck that oh sucks geez you need your health right but yep. I, I haven't I haven't found any that really ends my run. I found some that are pretty annoying, but you just got to make sure to go whatever route you need to go to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. But I haven't found anything that was so damaging that it was like, well, I was playing for two hours and now it's, everything's fucked. I've never came across anything like that. But to be honest, my first time through the game, I really took as much, as little of those as I had to take. I didn't take those risks that put those malignancies on me unless I really had to. Uh-huh. Where it was like I was low in health and I needed health, so I was like, I need to pick this thing up. Other than that, if it was a chest, I would just be like, nah, fuck it, I'm not gonna open it. Yeah. Um, although the thing, the stuff called ether that you collect, that's a permanent currency that goes the last between your runs. You can use the ether to cleanse it, so then you can cleanse it and then pick up, so you don't have a chance uh, fucking yourself over. Right. Right. Yeah. There's something similar. A mechanic in Hades is like there's a specific god and he's called Chaos and he's so he's pretty much like creation essentially is like what he is he's like God God but uh uh-huh. but what he does is um every once in a while like a little portal on the ground will, will be there and you have to sacrifice a chunk of health to enter it and then much like the other deities in the game then he'll give you an option to choose between three boons that he's gonna give you like three powers but but his catch is for x number of rooms it's going to have a debuff so in his case you're only accepting the debuff for a set number of rooms but some of those debuffs can be very uh debilitating and some aren't 
some aren't as bad. Like some are like, oh, you just can't dash for like five rooms, or some are like, oh, you're a little slow for five rooms. It's like, oh yeah, I can deal with that for a couple rooms, and then you'll get like uh-huh. bonus health or bonus whatever the bonus is, bo- bonus attack power, bonus movement speed or attack speed, whatever it might be. But given that you can choose between three at any given time, there's usually at least one that pops up that's really not that much risk, and then you get the reward after after that ends up but then so so that's cool but then speaking of uh something that completely fucked a run that happened to be once in hades and uh so on top of the boons from gods that give you stats or powers whatever the guy's name is like you can find his anvil every now and then and what that does is so before every run you choose this specific weapon and you unlock new weapons as the game goes on but that's your weapon for the whole run there's no switching it but you can upgrade this weapon in your run with these specific uh perks from this like anvil power up so anyway the one weapon's the sword and one of the perks is you sacrifice like 60 some percent of your health your total health permanently but attacking with a sword heals you and so i and so i never really used that that's not how i was built that's not how i would play with the sword that was my sword strategy was never doing that so right so i'm at the end and there's like a like right before the final boss there's like a because there's like a store you can buy items like a store pops up like once per level i guess per like environment and uh so there's a bigger one right at the very end where you can spend like a little extra gold and get and so one of them one of the perks that comes up is sacrifice a random upgrade you have on your weapon and get two random other ones so it's like all right yeah whatever fuck it i'll do it i have the gold to spend we'll see what we get well here it, it got rid of one of my good sword perks and one of the perks it gave me was this life one. So even though I had, even though I'm at the end of this run and I had upgraded my health, like my max health, I like got a shitload and it was really high. It just cut it cut it down to almost nothing and gave me that. Oh god. He and gave me that. Well, now I heal with the sword. It's like well, uh huh. Well, I'm at the last boss now, so that doesn't help. I mean, if you get that perk, if if you're using the sword and you get that perk, like really really early on, like uh like in the start of your run. You cut out like because you start off with hardly any health anyway, and then you cut a little bit of it. Doesn't matter. Then you can put more max health on top of that. But since it cut my total health right at the very end, you know, I didn't have time to build my health yep. back up. So I just had no health then for the final boss. And it's like, all right, well, we'll give it a shot. And of course, yeah, I died fairly quickly, and I just, I fucked the entire run. But but again, that was on yeah, me. that was on me. <laughs> yeah, that shit. I did. I just last night, or was I think it was last night, I came across a similar situation where. I found this debuff where it was like, lose a bunch of your health or something, but get this great, get a great... Oh, no, it was what, it was one of those stone slabs where you sit in it, and it takes like 60 to 70% of your health, but it gives you an artifact, which oh, is okay. like a permanent buff. And I happened to run into that room, and I was like, holy shit, I never thought about this, but I'm almost out of health now. So it's only going to take a little bit of my health, and I'm going to get this artifact. That's great. Oh, yeah. Like, it worked out there. But when, it, but when you build your health up to 200% and then you lose over most of it for an artifact, you're like, no, fuck that. It's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's that's similar to what happened to me, pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely some uh, uh, roguelike similarities there with certain gameplay elements. And um, and now that I have a frame of reference, having played Hades, I'll definitely be making a lot of comparisons, I'm sure, as I'm playing Returnal. So I'll be curious to see what I think. See. Do you have anything well, else to say you want about to talk about Returnal? Doki Doki, or do you want to save it? Yeah, I could talk about it because again, there's there's not really much to say. So, did you finish it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I finished it. 
Oh, okay. Um, I, I did. I went back and did a little extra things. I was considering going for the platinum because it's not super hard, but it's just I don't know. It's not really rewarding to do at a, at a certain point. But um, because like, okay, so from the top down, the whole game is just uh, it's all text. You make a couple dialogue decisions, but it's mostly you know this kind of like visual novel, you know, very anime weeby, almost like a dating sim kind of thing. And so the only reason this came to my attention was you know the some online people giving you know trigger warnings for it and it's supposed to like make this super dark turn it's supposed to get really fucked up and and then it's like even when you look at the genre it says you know it's like psychological horror even though it's just all these like anime schoolgirls, you know <laughs> it's just like what the hell is going on here so i i had to see what it was and then so yeah again it's it's all just reading dialogue but the writing itself a, a lot of it is is really good and a lot of the writing is about writing because it's you know it's the liter it's the literature club and it's and so yeah one of the girls like the leader of the club she's always like giving you like so the only things that you're really doing from a gameplay perspective is at the end of every day the girls and you give they <clears throat> you decide that every day we're gonna go home and write a poem and then we're gonna bring it back to our club tomorrow after school and then share it and so you don't actually write a poem you just have a big list of like a dozen words will come up. And you're, you're just picking whatever word you think is going to impress whichever one of these girls that you want to impress the most. Oh, so you just, you just pick one word? At a time. Um, is it kind of like... You pick a total... Uh, Ghost of Tsushima where you make the haikus? Uh, kind of. But similar idea, I guess, except you're just picking words instead of parts of the haiku. But because um, you, you never actually... You don't, you don't see like a finished poem or like or anything like that. They just read it and respond to it, but... You don't actually see what this poem is. So okay. um, so you pick 20 words. Each list of random words that pops up has about a dozen words to pick from. And again, one of those words is going to go with a specific girl. And so whichever girl you decide you want to try to to court, those are the words that you're going to want to pick. And these girls are over 18, right? That's what the game says. All right. That's, the game goes out of its way to tell you all the girls are over 18, but they're still like in high school? So they must be like behind or something. I don't know. Must be a little mentally inept. Naturally weird because we're working on a game like that in our company right now, where it's like this Japanese game, and it's like, and it says like this girl's in like a freshman, and she's in like tenth uh, grade, and it's, but it's like but she's thirty. Don't worry, she's yeah. thirty-eight. Oh no, she's over eighteen. But it's like. And like you're their teacher, and you're supposed to date them, and it's like okay, uh, <laughs> I guess we have to like pretend this is college and not elementary. <laughs> yeah, so that's so that's what the core gameplay is. So mostly, it's all reading. It's a lot of stuff about writing. So for people like us, especially you, who you know you do do a lot of writing, and it's something you're into. I think that uh, if just writing and creative writing at all is at all an interest to somebody i think you'll you'll find some value out of playing this game and so that all goes on and that's all well and good as far as the writing goes it's all great it's all there's a lot of really good ideas in there it's amazing like all the kind of themes and ideas the creator of this game explores just just in the frame of a literature club with four girls and and you the player <laughs> you know so all that stuff's great it's awesome no complaints there but after all of the talk of like how like the dark and twisted turn this game takes, it does, but to me it wasn't that 
bad. Like it wasn't that crazy or like upsetting or, or unsettling or disturbing or anything. So, so it was just really cool. And then, and so the game, so what are people, why, why do you think people are complaining about it or, or warning about it then? And what do you think makes them warn people? Uh, just, well, I guess, I mean, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to say woke culture, but like just trigger warning culture, maybe as like, if there's anything at all that like, if you can't emotionally handle anything, even slightly challenging, that's where it's coming from. I think because, because okay. it's, it's, it's not that bad. Like, I don't even want to say what it is because you know yeah. that's the whole point of playing this game is to figure this right. out. But, but my whole point is that I was kind of disappointed that it wasn't anything like more crazy. <laughs> Um, so I think it's just, yeah. it's just sensitive people, I think, making it seem like it was going to be something more crazy than it was. Right. Still um, worth playing, though? Yes. If, if you l- like reading and you want to read a bunch. <laughs> and if okay. <laughs> and if, and if, and if uh, you know, topics and themes and, and dialogue about just the, the process of creative writing and and like how you might even go about it and, and things like that. If, if that sounds interesting at all to you, play it. Because, you know, I went in for the dark twist. I was pleasantly surprised by um, how well thought out and written, you know, a, a lot of the dialogue and the literature aspects of the game were. I didn't go for like the weeby dating simness of it, but it's funny how it, it's, it's funny how it does lean into that for a little bit before it really pulls the rug out from under you. Uh, you, you can unlock. Like whatever girl you're going after, like you'll you'll get in these little scenarios where it's like it'll, you know, where she, like down, like she spills something on her shirt or or whatever. She's like looking up with you, and with those uh like big like desirous like anime eyes, and then like and then like you go to like wipe the stuff off of like her shirt, <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> like and like like the tent the sexual tension's building, and and it's like really funny, like. But it, it never actually it never actually gets there yet though like it it uh it pivots before it actually before you actually see the end to any of that yeah but it's but we... it's funny how much it, how much and how long it leans into that before it does finally let you know that yeah. something's going I, on you know I think that stuff is pretty entertaining I know there was one game we worked on anyway if I say if I talk about it anyone who's played it's gonna know what it is but uh, it involves all these girls who pilot mechs. And it's like half dating sim, half like strategy game. And there's this one girl, and like the story has like this really funny kind of perverted moment. It's really hilarious. I thought it, the writing was really good. And there's this one girl who you have to like figure out, you have to like rebuild the cockpit of her mech because her breasts are too big and she can't fit inside. <laughs> <laughs> and like some of the girls who work for us are like, this is stupid. This is gross. Why do we do this? And it's like, but for like me and like my boss, we're like, this is hilarious. I love. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is funny. Yeah, like I, I think that kind of stuff, because like they take this pervy stuff and then they turn it into like this charming stuff. And at the end of like the story, at the end of the quest, it becomes kind of like really charming, like a South Park episode where you're like you learn a lesson by the end. Mm-hmm. But there's all this perverted stuff sprinkled in the middle, and it's. I just think I think that stuff can be really well written. And... Yes, one thing I will say is that. That, that I don't think really spoils too much. It takes, like, it almost challenges the people that tend to play these games that are actually like this. It, it looks at, like, who these guys are, and it kind of, like, holds a mirror up, I guess, is one thing oh, this nice. game does. And it's kind of, like, uh, a little bit 
and be like, oh, so why, why do you like to do this? And then it kind of turns that on its head, and that's where the twist goes. That's not the twist, but that's kind of where the twist goes. And, and so that aspect of it I thought was really cool, too. Like, it, like it has a point to it. Yeah, that sounds really cool. That isn't the, I'm definitely going to check it out. The shocking day. stuff. Yeah, so the shocking stuff isn't the point. Send me your copy. Yeah, well, you could log in as me, and we could do the, <laughs> we could do the share play thing. No, I was kidding. I know, but... It sounds I, like I want to play it on the Nintendo Switch or something. Yeah, it'd be fine for so that. It was, it was like I'm holding a book. Mm-hmm. I'm reading a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's it's mostly reading. And uh, so, I guess... So anyway, you know, you could it would be a great Switch game. So you could criticize that, I guess, for what it is. If For people that don't like to read a bunch in their games or whatever, you know, then you, you probably won't really get much out of this. But that doesn't bother me. I like that. So for what it is, for the game being just what it is and looking at that... I mean, it's it's probably pretty close to a ten because I mean it does what exactly what it wants to do, and there's really nothing to criticize about it. Huh. Yeah, I guess that's interesting. Is that even though you don't probably don't want to rate it a ten because you don't love it, it's like it doesn't do anything wrong. So how can you take us any points off of it? I know that's. Uh, I texted you one night about. Uh, I mean, I was I was a, I was just being silly when I said like a sick realization, but that's what I was thinking of that night. I was like. Christ, this game might be a ten. I really don't. I can't. I can't think of what's <laughs> anything wrong with it. <laughs> I mean, other That's than really other than other than it didn't go as dark as I wanted it to. After all the hype of how twisted it gets, but that's not even that's not a criticism on the game. Yeah. That's just that's just me. That it kind of is. It kind of is. Because it can meet your expectations in some way. Yeah, but that's that's the game's fault and more just how everyone, you know, in the, you know, yeah, how everyone blew it up. Yeah, how everyone online and like in the games commentary space kind of kind of talked it up that way but uh i mean it was if you want to read a bunch and you want your expectations to be subverted a little bit then yeah definitely play it i mean it's also only two you can get through it and i think i did like two or three plays for like an hour or two a night it's probably you know maybe five or six hours was all it took and then i did go back started a new game for another hour because i wanted to see i was considering going for the platinum and then i kind of wanted to see what it would be like to go after a different girl because usually, like, if you're focusing on one girl, you're going to piss one of the other ones off. Just because yeah. their personality types are different. One likes one likes playful, like, bubbly language and, right. like, poetry. <laughs> the girl that I went after is, like, the gothier one who likes dark, morbid poetry. So, obviously, that's who I went yeah. for. And one's preppy. And then the other one is, like, your typical conservative girl. Yep. Shy. One's, yes. <laughs> and she's also your neighbor. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh yeah, it's really cool. It's really fun. It gets really fucked up. Uh, not as fucked up as I expected, but uh, yeah. If fucked that, up enough? Fucked up enough, yes. Fucked up enough for a 10 out of 10? Fucked up enough for 10 out of 10, and the, <laughs> the, whole, the whole theme and the point of it, I think, is is uh, is great. So, yeah, maybe I would I would like to have, if you ever do play it, maybe we could do some kind of spoiler thing, but because there are, there are a lot yeah. of aspects of it I would like to talk about. But um, yeah. yeah, if we ever play two things at the same time, which we never do. Uh-huh. And we can have spoiler casts. Yeah, maybe, maybe if anyone ever starts listening, we could do those as like bonus things. Oh yeah, but uh, no one's ever gonna listen. We don't even advertise. We don't do shit. I know. We just post it. We just post it. <laughs> yeah, we'll just post s- it. And we'll then start go getting out there. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, we will. Sometime we'll start. Um. It out. Yeah. Other than that, uh, other than that, I I've been playing Kingdom Come Deliverance, but I I talked about that enough up top. There's really nothing else I. I have to say about that other than I'm, re- I'm really enjoying it so far and what it uh yeah I will say what it because I compared it to like an Elder Scrolls and so what it lacks 
what it lacks as it, as being a like a real estate game set in real life what it lacks in having any kind of magic system or anything like that it makes up for in like complicated like social systems like you have like noise for stealth but you also just have conspicuousness is just the stat so even if you like your armor's dirty or you oh, haven't yeah. or you haven't bathed the higher your conspicuousness is the more guards are going to hassle you and stop you oh that's cool and there's so there's, there's a lot of shit like that it was kind of annoying to me at first because like trying to be like a thiefy person and it's like i just walk out of this house Too dirty to be a thief <laughs> i know i just walk out of this house with like some stuff i stole some and then, dirt and blood all over you <laughs> yeah and then like outside's not even well i, I guess it's not loaded yet because there's no loading you can go in any building without loading but like i'm opening the door the door's not even open yet hey who are you there what are you hiding and then <laughs> and then you either have to flee or let them search you and if they search you they take our shit so so that was a little annoying at first starting out. Like, why are these guards? Why won't they let me go? How are you even supposed to steal anything? Whenever you can't walk out of the house you just stole it from, you're going to get stopped. But, uh, but, I'm, but I'm learning all these more complex you know, systems with the conspicuousness. And, the, and also, you have a reputation for every town, just like Warcraft or something. And that plays into that as well. If you have a better reputation in a town, they won't hassle you as much. So there's a lot of really cool uh, yeah. shit like that. And uh, it's really fun. So. It sounds good. It's like... Uh... They're stopping you for what you look like, kind of like how <laughs> cops do to black people. <laughs> kind of like what cops do to all kinds of people every day, all the time. Probably, especially if you're black. Discrimination. Yes, but... Oh, just because I'm dirty, I stole something? What the <laughs> fuck? Oh. Balls to police. <laughs> oh, and another thing was, too, was uh, they'll do that. There's a couple times that they, they, they did that to me. I'm like, all right, I'll take that. Move along. And then I'll look at my inventory. It's like, wait, I didn't have anything stolen. I was like, so is this just a bug? And it's like, okay, my weight's all the same. Like, what did, what did he take? They didn't take me to jail. He just took it and let me move on. So then I found out that whenever you pickpocket or steal rings off people, it just puts them on a on your general key ring. Because I had to look this up to find out. So they're taking your stolen keys, which don't weigh anything. And that's why. And so like I, I found that out later. So wait, what, what are these guards taking? Is this just a bug? Like, what's going on? It's like, oh, no, they're taking my stolen keys. Huh. Like if you steal someone's house key or they're, are they or they're important. No, I'm never going to go back to these houses I already stole from. So I don't right. need, I don't need those keys anymore. So it's not a big deal. It's like, oh, okay, oh, I'm fine with that. It's weird though. How do they even see it in your pocket? Is it hanging on your side on your key <laughs> ring? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make sense. So some part, cause it's just like, uh, you know, oblivion or Skyrim or whatever, where if something's stolen, it has like a little red handprint on it. Yeah. And so, like, so, but the, the key ring doesn't have that on it. If you have a stolen ring, it doesn't tell you that you have a stolen ring. So, so it was just a little thing I found out. This again, no big deal, but these little confusing things that that aren't necessarily explained right up front that you know, you, you kind of learn as you go. And yeah, I'm real. I'm really, really enjoying it. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. It sounds really good. It's pretty. It's kind of making me want to play it, but I just started six new things. So maybe in two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, was there anything else that you've been playing that you wanted to talk about here or uh, save it? Mm, nope. I just bought Sackboy. I'm going to start that soon. I started playing. Oh, I don't, there was one thing I think I forgot to mention. I started playing Everybody's Golf again. Did I mention that earlier? Did I say no. that on my list? Uh-uh. Yeah, I reinstalled Everybody's Golf. I love that game. How's that? Been? Got right back into it. Won a couple matches against the computer, I mean. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it feels great. It's like I remembered all of the controls. I remembered how to like... Lift the camera and zoom in before you take your shot. Like, Triangle. it all just like was like a reflex. It all just came back because I've played so much of it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if you want to play that it later game. today or something, then uh, let me know. 
Yeah. Other than that, I really want to go eat. All right. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> we'll wrap this shit up then. Uh, thanks again, everybody, for listening. Um, you want to weigh in on uh, the topic of the show, if you want to tell us your thoughts on the Activision Blizzard lawsuit, you can email us jollyjellymedia at gmail.com, or even if you just want to give us some feedback on the show itself, maybe things you'd like to like to hear us talk about or, or do, you can let us know. Any thought, comment, concern, question at all, go ahead and email us, let us know. Yeah, we'll be back. Uh, we're a couple days behind a, a weekly schedule right now, but uh, only a couple days behind. It'll be like probably like a week and a half since the last episode by the time this one comes up. So keeping a good pace, I think. Yeah, we've been we've been good so far doing our jabs. We've been good. So, uh, yeah, that's that. Um, Josh is Umni, and he has a couple things he'll probably tell you about. Social medias. Uh. Yeah, I guess. Umni or Umni Rocks at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. www.umni.rocks. And you can go there if you want to read a story I'm working on called The Philosopher, although I haven't been working on episode three the past month. I've been doing, I was working on this children's book that I released, which you can also find on the website. And I've been doing this podcast and just being a uh, lazy piece of shit in general. So I haven't been writing as much the past month, but, uh, yeah, if you're interested, uh, go check that stuff out. Coolio. Um, and I've been Van Racknid, uh, the SoundCloud channel we are uploading to right now before we branch out to all the podcast services is just Van Racknid. So Van Racknid on SoundCloud. Um, Van Racknid also on Twitter, at V Racknid. And Jeffy Juice on Instagram if you want to see cat pictures. I don't post too much on there. But, uh, but yeah, there you go. So... We'll be back in probably a week, week and a half, everybody. Thanks for listening. Yep, see you later. Bye. Questions, comments, concerns? Email us at jollyjellymedia at gmail.com.